Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. This is episode number 75. And I'm going to fill you in as to what it is that you should be expecting tonight because, yes, we do have an agenda. For tonight, we are privileged to have as the feature artist in the spotlight none other than Master Scribe, otherwise known as Mr. Boston, a.k.a. Sir Jeffrey A. Sanders. And he is the host of Full Purpose Pens, a weekly internet radio show, ladies and gentlemen, that airs live on TalkShoe.com on Sundays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 p.m. Central Time, and 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And I'm going to give the ID number. Please write this down if you have a pen or pencil ready. The show's ID number is 136054. I repeat, 136054. And the call-in number is 724-444-7444. And, of course, don't forget to dial a one first. I repeat, 724-444-7444. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, on Sundays, You will not want to miss out on experiencing full-purpose pens. I'm going to repeat that and say it better. Full-purpose pens, yes, with host Mr. Boston, a.k.a. Master Scribe. And I repeat, Master Scribe, because he has truly mastered the craft of literary art in his own right. And I guarantee you, if you tune in and hear this brother's pen, you will be most grateful and thankful because can't nobody pen the way he can. And I'm not trying to compare him with others because every artist is an artist in a unique way, but I'm just saying he's got something special in his ink that you will not find every place, okay? So, with that being said, I'm going to give us a little more introduction about tonight. Uh, On tonight, we do have a topic we'll be discussing. we got to have arts. Why must this be? And we're going to also have, as our focus word phrase, art imitates life. We're going to go in depth as to what does that phrase really mean? What is it really saying? Because there's a depthness to that phrase. Of course, we know like with phrases... And cliches, people use them very often, but don't really take out the time to study what exactly the meaning is to get a fuller understanding of its interpretation. But we're going to take out the time to do that tonight. 
And without any further ado, we have a theme song for this evening. Tonight's theme song is Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. And before we hear that song, I'm going to share some information that's very, very pertinent information about uh, Bon Jovi. Of course, we know that that um, John Bon Jovi is the leader of this um, very prolific rock group, and they have uh, done some great things, and in particular, John Bon Jovi. So we're going to hear a little information about this project called Project Home. Since its beginning in 1989, Project Home has been a leader in providing comprehensive and effective services to persons who experience chronic homelessness. With innovation, leadership, and an unyielding commitment to the dignity of each person, we have developed nationally recognized programs that have proven that homelessness can be solved. We have also been a leader in Philadelphia in responding to the root causes of homelessness by helping to rebuild low-income neighborhoods and by engaging in political advocacy to bring about positive public policies for low-income and homeless persons. And I just feel really honored to share that information because a lot of times our youth of today tend to revere and idolize musicians whom are artists. And they don't really know the story behind the glory. This is a man who came from humble beginnings, and when he did reach a status which is referred to as celebrity status, he did not forget from whence he came from. And he is giving back to the community, especially the chronic homeless uh, community in uh, the city of Brotherly Love, otherwise called Philadelphia. So we want to give him his props this evening and let him and everyone involved in Project Home know that we appreciate what they're doing and we're going to support them. We're going to support them because we want to we want to see the doors stay open. So ladies and gentlemen, keep in mind Project Homes is an ongoing project and in order to see the mission fulfilled for the continuity of the lifetime of you and I as well as so many that need this servicing, we've got to give. We've got to pay forward. We've got to start caring. So when you have opportunity, those of you who have access to the Internet, please look up the following site, projecthome.org. I repeat, projecthome.org. And you will discover that, yes, you can donate. Yes, you can take action. And, yes, you can support a worthy cause. And with that being said, we're going to hear Living on a Prayer by John Bon Jovi. Thank you. 
All right, that was Bon Jovi and the leader of the band, John Bon Jovi, and the hit song, Living on a Prayer. And I have to say, that is like my favorite song by that group. And I remember, I was much younger than I am today when that song first got played on the radio and when it, you know, went gold and became a hit. And I remember just the words of the song. I mean, you know, we got to hold on to what we've got. It doesn't make a difference if we make it or not. We've got each other, and that's a lot. For love, we'll give it a shot. Oh, okay. All right, that's enough. (laughs) I don't want to get too carried away because I don't think y'all want to hear it. Not coming from me, of course. But anyway, I want to thank everyone for calling in tonight. We got a um, lot of callers in the caller queue, so we're not going to delay uh, the intro for the feature artists in the spotlight tonight. But I want to give a special acknowledgement to the following people. First and foremost, I want to welcome For Real the Poet tonight. He's joining us in the chat room. Hey, For Real the Poet, we love you. So glad that you could share some uh, of this evening tonight with us on the panel of the Exceptional Scribble Show. And again, for everyone who is tuning in, you are hearing the voice of Fran the Sage Poet. I am the host of the Exceptional Scribble Show. So glad that you could join us tonight. I want to welcome guest six and guest seven. I see you in the chat room. Welcome, welcome. So glad to have you. It's always a blessing to have you. And the Jaguar poet. Yes, indeed. This is the the uh, the man that I have to pay tribute to, who has everything to do with Fran the Sage Poet putting her foot out and, and, and getting her toes wet with doing this as a host because I had become quite comfortable as a co-host for Positive Talk where uh, So Unique was the host, and it was a fabulous, fabulous show. And Jaguar, of course, was a producer and the sound engineer, so many things. He wears so many hats. But he encouraged me when I told him I had this vision and I wanted to do something, I wanted to give back to the community um, and promote literacy, and I wanted to do it by way of this radio show. Jaguar told me, you have the wings, fly. And I tell you, I didn't know how powerful words are, I think, until that moment, because it was that moment that separated me from all of my fears and doubts. It was that moment when I began to look in the mirror called truth and say, you know what, Fran, who are you kidding here? You know you can do this. It's inside of you. Let her roar. So from that moment forward, I've been here, and I I just want to pay tribute to the Jaguar and let him know. I do. I do appreciate you. Of course, you know I have your back just like you got mine, and I want you to know that your efforts were never in vain. Everything that you shared with me, all of the knowledge you filtered into me just to encourage me to take this ship by the helms and steer it uh, full speed ahead. I listened to you, and now I can truly say I'm flying because 
you gave me that push. So I want to thank you for giving me that push. And at this time, I just want to say to each and every one, we are now turning the spotlight on to the feature artist on the panel of the Exceptional Scribble Show for Episode 75. It gives me great honor to introduce to some and to present to others the feature artist in the spotlight, otherwise known as Mr. Boston, otherwise known as the Master Scribe, Sir Jeffrey A. Sanders. So, ladies and gentlemen, help me to welcome Master Scribe, Mr. Boston, to the panel tonight. Welcome, Mr. Boston. <laughs> yeah, how you doing, Brad? <laughs> wow, with all of that, I feel... I feel like that I'm a I'm a major trader on Wall Street. Wow. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, wow. Good. Wow. You know, wow. You know, I got a question for you though, before sure. we pick this thing off. What made you give me that name, Master Strong? Mm, wow. I'm glad you asked that question. I was so enthralled. I think it was maybe the very first time I had ever heard you spit a poem. And what I strongly um, found so captivating about your delivery was you speak with such authority and strong conviction. It is impossible for anyone not to feel the words as you spit them. I mean, it was like someone was literally taking a pen, and engraving the words onto the tables of my heart. I felt the sincerity. I felt the passion as you spit the poem. So I was just, I became a fan instantly. And that doesn't happen for me with everyone. I became a fan instantly. And it just got better with time. And then we did a, a little collabing, which really helped to strengthen my pen's voice because you helped me to bring out uh, some depth within my soul that had not really uh, been brought out prior. So I really want to say to you, thank you for that invitation. I think the first time you invited me to collab, I'm like, does he realize he has a monster pen and he wants me to collab? <laughs> with with that, is he really, serious? <laughs> yeah, I, really miss, I really miss those days, Fran. I'm I've been I know you've been busy and so on and so forth and since that time I think I didn't pick up maybe about oh maybe ten or fifteen collab partners and it got to be so many collaborations with different people mm. that I, I, I opened up a collaboration only group and the group just took off, you know. Um a lot of people said that I've help them come over some things and help them overcome mm-hmm. things that they was going through in their lives. And so, you know, I continue to march in the way my spirit say march, you know. So, I you feel know, that. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I am very elated that, you know, that my pen can help other people. And I, I think that, I think that is the calling through my pen, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I continue. I don't turn nobody down, you know. And you know, I have um, so many people that call me on the phone, and so 
so many people that hit me at my inbox looking for information, especially when I'm talking about the uh, astral plane and higher consciousness and elevation and stuff like that. I get a lot of people who hit me in my inbox on those different things, especially when I'm talking about the esoteric knowledge and the, and the sacred geometry, you know. So it gets pretty deep. It gets pretty <laughs> involved, and I'm just loving it, you know. So mm. it's, um, Yes, yes. You know, it's a beautiful thing. I, I um at this time if you can just share with our listening audience all of the social media pages that you have created for other uh artists to come to and to just collab with artists in general and to learn to learn wow. about the artistry of being a literary artist because you definitely are a master teacher as well as a master poet. Wow. Well I have um, a page called Wizard of Love, where you can come in and do basically what you want to do, what it has to do with love or erotic sensual. I have the um, I have the uh, closed minds are not welcome here, which is strictly uh, sensual, sexual pieces placed mm-hmm. on the page which is a very secret group, so is the Wizard of Love, a very secret group. I have When We when we Wake in the Morning, which is pretty much a page where you can come and drop what you're thinking or what you have thought about in the course of you waking up and getting out of bed, going to breakfast or going to work. Then I have my Penciled in Ink page, which is pretty much my personal page. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just dropped my work on that page. Then I have the collaboration party, um, which is basically nothing but collaboration. And then I have um, one more other page called um, the Poetic Messenger, which I pretty much uh, keep to myself too. It's pretty much a personal page. It's when I want to drop, want to go in and drop something conscious, or whether I want to drop something that has to do with higher levels of, of, of mind or whether you mm-hmm. want to know, you know, you can go to those pages, you know. There's something different on each one of my pages, you know, and it's, it's done by reason, you know. And it's my, I felt that my pen needed to get out what was on my mind on any, at any particular time, and I just don't sit and just think about what I'm going to write. I write what's on my mind at that particular time. Mm. So, so whatever's in my head comes out of my head, and Mm -hmm. if I don't get it out of my head, I'll get headaches. So I continue just to continue to write, and that's why I write so much. Yes, yes. And there was a piece, uh, one in particular, that really grabbed my interest entitled Mystery in His Awareness. And I would love for you to spit that piece. Might Mm -hmm. you be ready to... Spit it now, or shall we come back to you to spit that a little later? Wow. Well, I'm always ready for that. I think I have that. I think I can remember that when I think that I have that in my head. Okay. Mistaken. Um, and would you like to give us maybe a little background information about how you came about writing that piece? Um, I, you know, I really, I really, um 
don't have a background because you very well know that I um I um um don't um I don't know. I, I it's something that I was just sitting and doing. Uh, mm-hmm. uh it's 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 I don't know. Uh I don't know where they came from. It's, like I said, I just I um I be inside my head and you know, I gotta find that piece so I can make sure I give you the <laughs> okay. right so I can give you the right uh uh wording on that because I have a tendency to to um be spitting a piece and the piece might <laughs> change because I might add something to it. Oh, okay. You know, I you know. So let me find that. Let me try to find that well, piece. Well, listen, how about we go to a music break, and when we okay. come back, we'll visit that piece. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank All you right. so much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to take a music break. We're going to hear a song entitled, I Want to Write You a Love Song by David Oliver. And then when we return, we will hear an exceptional scribble piece by none other than Master Scribe, Mr. Boston, a.k.a. Sir Jeffrey A. Sanders. And that poem is entitled Mystery in His Awareness. We'll be back. Can I write you? 
I want to write you a love song. I want to dedicate that song to all of the callers in the caller queue, all of my fellow scribes, from the beginners 
to the intermediate writers, to the expert writers, all of you know just what it means to be passionate as an artist. All artists are first passionate, and then they aspire to master the craft. So before you can even become a master artist, you have to first be a passionate artist. And that song right there, I want to write you a love song. You can feel the intensity of the writer's pen with the words and emotion behind each line. I mean, you could feel that it was real. And I just want to say to every artist out there, always remember to be passionate about what you're composing as a creative mind artist. It is so imperative in order for the audience to be moved. It has to move you first. You have to be the first partaker of the movement. And then you can unleash that intensity and passion out to the audience, and they in turn can receive it. And then you got something going on. Okay? So to all the artists out there, just keep that in mind. You've got to make that connection with your audience. They have to feel what you're saying to believe it. And if they can't feel what you're saying, they're not going to believe it. And if they can't believe it, they can't receive it. So your being on the stage then is a lost cause. It's in vain. And no artist should ever experience that. So I just want to say to every artist out there, be passionate. Hold that pen. Like that pen is dear life. And cherish every stroke when you write, if you're writing it down. And if you're a freestyle spoken word artist, just let it rip whatever's down on the inside of your soul. Write down, wait down, 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 right there in that belly, your gut. That's what you spit. Don't just spit from your head. Spit from your gut. And then everything that's supposed to come out will come out the way it should, and it will be felt. And everyone will be convinced of whatever it is that you are saying. Convinced that it is real, that it is good, it is something worthy, noteworthy, worthy to be remembered. So now we're going to master scribe, Mr. Boston, Sir Jeffrey A. Sanders, because he has this very, very, very passionate piece entitled Mystery in His Awareness, and I know that he's ready to spit that fire ink on us tonight, and we're ready to melt. We're ready for him to just burn the stage down mm. with that piece. Master, okay, Rob, the mic is in your hand. I couldn't find that piece, so I'm going to spit that piece directly out of my head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You want that piece, so I have to. I drummed that piece up inside my head. I drummed it out of my head and put it in the face. Well, I got a question piece. for you. Are are you able to go to the events page tonight? To the events page? Yes, for tonight's I, show. I can. You have that on. You got that piece on that page? Yes, I have it pinned on that well, page. What I'm going to do? No, what I'm going to do? I'm, I, I think I'm better at it, spitting it out of my head. Oh, okay, wonderful. Okay. Because if I'm looking at the paper, then I'm... It's going to restrict you. 
Yeah, so I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to do this piece. All right, thank you. In his awareness. You may not be able to grasp all the aspects of me. Like you, I am a light being perspective. I move so many places within me. My concentration combines the deliciousy of attention so powerful in the spirit within me. My human quality could not be confused with being removed, neither detached. My awareness varies like the zoom lens and notices and notices what is present. At times aware in the spacious distance and sense touch, yet you see life clearly moment to moment. My thoughts like my mind accompanied by a deeper sense of stillness. As an exquisite subtle poise, I become feet first in the strongest expansion of mind. As grace let me sense the truth in the rivers of my energy and I change that I am. My mind has become from the turbulent muddy waters of life each time an enticing image of interesting memory afloat in consciousness. I no longer become entangled letting the waves pass by and coming back again in a quiet collective way. It is at the heart of an undistracted place that best fits my temperament. To discover morning supported the silence aspect of my life and my inner life like a flower where nerves can grow in the mystery of its awareness. And that was that piece. Wow. I am like in awe. Uh, I tell you, you take your pen to places where not all of us are willing to go. You're not restricted. You're no hold barred as for your pen. I don't know how to be that. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know how to be that. You know, restricted. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to be that. You know, I when my pen touch paper, whatever's there comes out. Whatever the spirit tells me to put on paper, I put on paper, and whatever comes out comes out. Sometimes I get to that point where I lay my paper down and. Sometimes I just go to my computer and pull up a Word document and whatever's in my head is in my head. And however it comes out, it comes out and I post it just like it comes out, you know. It's, I don't know what's in me. I don't know what's gotten into me, you know. I've only been writing for uh, Christmas this year will be seven years, Mm. you know. And, And it coincides with the same time that I come home from being incarcerated, you know. Okay. So, um, I learned, actually learned how to write and and picked up my vocabulary being in locked up in segregated uh, housing. Mm. Um, and I had the uh, people who came in to clean my cell uh, every other day to smuggle me in a dictionary page by page. And so that's how I picked up my vocabulary, and then I continued to write from that point on. I wrote all over the walls inside the cell. You know, um, I left my mark, you know, and when I came Mm -hmm. out of segregated housing after being in segregated housing for two years, I continued to march. And from that point on, it's just been just what you see. Sometimes I talk about being behind the gates, but not often. 
that I write about being behind the gate, but, you know, my whole focus now was, was building, teaching, and, you know, uh, elevating. And, you know, I, like, I write a lot of erotic stuff, and I write a lot of sexual stuff, and stuff like that, you know. Um, and and I, I write the sexual stuff, but like people ask me, man, why don't you write something erotic and drop it in the erotic place? So I write when I write those pieces, it's because it's been a request to write them. Mm-hmm. I write, but most of the time, it's all about my spirituality. It's all about lifting and elevating. And mainly, it's about my black sister, my queen. You know, it's mm-hmm. mainly about them. It's always been about them from the beginning, as you well know. It's always been about them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but now I'm moving into a different arena. Um, now that... Um, I got my first degree. Congratulations. I, yeah, I'm working on my second degree. Mm-hmm. I started school last week for my second yes. degree. Uh, and it's just it's just been a wonderful journey, uh, you know, serving the country. The country didn't do nothing for me, didn't even try to help me. Everything I got, I worked mm-hmm. hard for, um, mm-hmm. got, into, got into trouble. You know, got into the drug game, got in trouble, went to prison, and I just, you know, after getting sentenced to 460 months, you know, I said, wow, you know, I'm not going to never see the outside again. And I wasn't just going to let four walls and bars defeat me. And uh, one day my son came to visit me, and he said, Daddy, you know, he says, if you're going to lay here and die, you might as well hang yourself. He said, but I don't want you to die. I want to see you come home. And we're going mm-hmm. to do everything in our power to see that you come home. And so I was in, I was actually locked up for two years. And the other three years, I went to general population, and I petitioned the court and had them uh, – make them send me to the law library and stuff. So I went into the law library and started filing my appeals. I got turned down twice. And I just happened to be one day, I just said, Lord, Father, you know, I'm tired. I'm Mm -hmm. tired. I'm really willing to give up. I know I'm going to die in here. I got 460 months and, you know, I'm 49 years old and I got 460 months and that's, you you banking on some years, thirty plus years. And I said, I'm mm-hmm. not going to get the daylight again, so I'm gonna give up. And I was in my cell one night and the spirit talked to me and it said it's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right. So I went to, to the law library the next day and I found a section in the law books on the law books that said the police cannot watch you commit a crime and not arrest you, okay? Mm. And I'm like, well, how does that pertain to me? So it pertained to me because the city police have been watching me and the federal government have been watching me. So if the two cases ran together, that means that they allowed me to commit a crime, so that entails entrapment. Mm, so okay. I filed I filed my last appeal and 
I my appeal got accepted. I went to court like three, four months later, and I was standing before this judge and this 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 attorney was telling him, he we don't want him to let him go. We can reduce his sentence, but we don't want to let him go. He's a danger to society and whoopie whoop he was running the criminal enterprise and tax evasion and y'all ran all this stuff together and he got the lightest sentence possible. So the judge said he said mm-hmm. to me, he said, Just admit to me that you knew you was breaking the law and I said if I admit that I was breaking the law, that I know I was breaking the law, I stand a chance of getting resentenced with a higher sentence. He said, if you don't tell me, you're going back to prison. So right then I knew that I had the possibility of getting my sentence overturned. And so with that then, he just told me, he said, I don't know what the federal government did. I don't know, want to know what they did. He said, but I'm signing a release order. Look for it in six weeks. And so I go back to prison, and three days later, they tell me, you're processed. You're going home. And I was just like, huh? Mm. That quick, huh? And so here I am today. You see this man that's trying to make this 180-degree turn and at the same time show these young men who have been to jail and been to prison who think their life is actually messed up. It's not actually messed up. What you need to do to negate all of that is go to school and get some paper behind you because the first thing they're going to do is when you walk into a job, they're going to ask you, well, what have you done since you went to prison? And you're going to say, nothing. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I can say, I went and got my degree. And right now, right now, I, I, I apply for like four jobs since I graduated, and I got some positive feedback, and one of the jobs is in Texas, and one is in Idaho, and I, I don't want to go to Idaho, and I want to finish my school, you know, because I'm mm-hmm. federal government pay for all of my stuff with zero payback, and so I, I don't want to get up and just transfer and move. Right. And, have to go through all of this stuff again. I just want to finish my degree and keep moving and keep growing, you know, and hopefully by the time I finish, I will have a plan in place because I really want to open up something uh, like an after-school program that involves the NAACP and the Boys and Girls Club of America after-school program to mentor children from the age of 10 to 16. You know, so they won't have mm-hmm. to go out there, and and so I could teach them the pitfalls of what I went through, and and to teach them they don't have to be out there on the corner selling drugs. They don't have to be walking around with their pants sagging down. They don't have to be chasing all these little girls and getting them pregnant and have a baby there and a baby over there. You know, I'm mm-hmm. all about getting your education and growing, and so you can teach the generation coming behind you that. You don't need to do what the generations before you did to make it in this world. It all requires education. Yes, education. I believe it was uh, the late uh, Minister El Malik uh, Shabazz, who uh, we refer to, many know him as Malcolm X, who said education is the passport to freedom. It, It is. It is. It is, definitely. 
Yes, indeed. So we definitely want to, uh, with a resounding yes, say to our youth in particular, as well as those who are middle-aged and elders, because it doesn't matter what your age is. If you need to continue your education, it's never too late. As long as you can and your mind is yet active and functioning and, and healthy, please take full advantage, especially at this time when there is financial assistance readily available and accessible to you. Now is the time. If you have the time, please take advantage. Don't let yeah, the moment can, pass you by. Yeah, friend, I can remember when I first started this journey out of prison, and I I felt that pull of pulling me back to the game. And I knew mm-hmm. that I had to get out of California. And a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, called me from Boston. And she said, why don't you come to Boston and go to school? Because you're going to end up back in prison and you're going to end up dying in prison. Or you're going back, going back to your neighborhood and somebody's going to kill you. And... So you know what I actually what I did? I bought an airplane ticket. Mm-hmm. I bought an airplane ticket. I took all everything that I owned and set it out on the curb. Mm. And that night I got on an airplane and flew to Boston. <laughs> Believe it or not, and flew to Boston. And it's been it's been a nice journey ever since. A very nice journey. Wonderful. Thanks so much for sharing about your life with everyone and and how you were able to overcome your struggles because a lot of times artists are referred to as starving and struggling artists well, we and do. conflicted, you know, uh, yeah, being conflicted because we're very we soulful and sensual as well as spiritual. And sometimes we're often misinterpreted and misunderstood because we are at times conflicted because we're very in touch with our emotions. We don't tend to lie. We tend to be very frank and forward about how we feel about a thing. And we use art as a means or an outlet to communicate and express ourselves. So we want all those who are out there who are artists to understand, listen, we care about you. And we're only going to say on this platform here tonight and every other night, things that are going to help enrich you because enrichment is key. Without enrichment, you will never advance or evolve to your fullest potential as an artist. So don't be discouraged. You might find maybe the audience that you're reaching out to is not the right audience. They are not able to accept or understand or relate because maybe they're not there where you are. So you need to take time and get to know what audience is the best target audience for you to express whatever your message is because all artists are messengers from the painter to the poet. And the world is your platform and your stage. Always note that. So don't limit yourself to just one city or one community. Be bold. Be daring and 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 get out there. Travel. All artists who travel further discover themselves or they become more in touch with 
their artistic soul. So allow yourself a chance to travel and 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 learn something new about a place you've never been before. And you may you may just find out that uh, there's some more artistry yet to be unleashed. And sometimes a change of environment can stir up that gift. So don't limit yourself, people. Travel. Advance. We're going to go to our callers. We have a caller that's been patiently waiting. We have several callers that are still yet calling in, but we're going to go to Georgia, and then we're going to go to Florida and California. Those will be the first three, so I'm just going to open their mics for the present time. Georgia, you are now welcome to the mic. Welcome to the panel of the Exceptional Scribble Show. Caller from Georgia. Good evening. How are you doing? Good evening. Good evening. And please uh, give us your name. Introduce yourself. Uh, my name is uh, Tamar Brown. Oh, my. Welcome. Welcome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is truly a very skilled writer. This is a king, a warrior, a brother, um, elder in the community, Timon Brown. He also is the author of a book entitled Blackberries. And I'm going to let him at this time uh, further introduce himself and even his book because it is a must-read, ladies and gentlemen. If you have not already purchased his book, you need to. Add it to your in-home library. It is definitely a gem and a classic. Thank you, Queen Nelson. You're welcome. Uh, just, uh, my name is Kamal Brown once again. Uh, I am I am the author of uh, Blackberries, my book of love, self, and life. And uh, it's been out since 2012. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been able to touch a lot of lives, and uh, you know, just by sharing my message. Uh, just like the, the Master Scribe brother there, uh, Brother Jeffries, I started writing while I was incarcerated as well. Um, there's something about, you know, that I guess that, that sabbatical, whether it's forced or or or, or chosen, uh, regardless, the, 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 the depths of the soul and mind uh, discovers different things, new things about itself that probably would never known once you've uh, been isolated unto yourself and forced to actually uh, explore the self in ways that you may you know, that you probably never have, you know, even thought about exploring before due to a lot of distractions, a lot of other things going on outside, you know, in the exterior world or what have you. But a whole new world of uh, opportunity and, uh, you know, outlets for expression uh, were discovered. And uh, I know it is like to write on a jail cell wall, a prison wall as well. Uh, Vocabularies, you know, reading, uh, coming across different epithets and, uh, you know, parables, uh, you know, things that just really intrigue the mind and cause you to think more critically uh, about yourself and the things that's going on around you, just like itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a privilege to be here. Uh, it's all, like you said, it's always good to connect with like minds because everybody can't, everybody's not going to always be able to connect with you in the ways that you would like, but it's always, always good to know that there's a platform wherein, you know, other minds such as, you know, that, that can relate, you know, you can come together in a, Yes, pretty much you have a good time, you know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I love that. Thank you. And thanks for sharing that because 
that's definitely why this platform was created. It's it's for the artists. Um, artists need to be able to come together and have that opportunity of communion with their pens and also to acquire resource information. Sometimes information is more relevant and essential than money. Uh, sometimes it's just a matter of us just knowing what we don't already know, and then we can advance forward. So uh, thanks so much. And ladies and gentlemen, don't forget uh, to purchase Timon Brown's book. You can go online, I believe, Amazon.com, and uh, look up his book. Could you give the title of that book one more time, Timon, and thank you. Okay, uh, the name of the book is uh, Blackberries, My Book of Love, Self, and Life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be found on Amazon.com and uh, BarnesandNobles.com and uh, XLibris.com, which is X-L-I-B-R-I-S, but X-L-I-B-R-I-S. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so, so are we doing pieces today or is... Um, if you... Have a question for our feature artist. You can direct the question, or maybe you might have a comment, if not a question. You can direct that to him, and then afterwards, uh, yes, we would love to have you to spit a piece on Oh, the most definitely. Uh, I always have a word for the good brother. I really just want to just commend him. You know, I just want to commend you, brother, for, you know, your, 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 dil- your due diligence and your, your tenacity. Um you know, there are many, many of brothers that's artists alike who uh, were in your situation, who are in your situation, who, you know, it's not that they can't get out, but they won't apply themselves. So uh, that probably was probably the fight of your life, you know, and, uh, and you, you came out victorious. And uh, not only that, you've come out and you've established yourself a platform in which reflects you and the value that you hold. So with that, brother, you know, uh, give you all due artist respect, warrior respect, and man-to-man respect, and uh, do what you're doing. Oh, man, thank you, Timon. You know, I appreciate you, man. You know I still follow you, man. They've been shutting me down like crazy. So, you know, they don't want us to get that truth out, you know. Right. So uh, right. I continue to march, man. I continue to march. They shut me down today. I'm back up an hour later. You know, right. Uh, right. you know, you can, you, if, you, if you can't get me on, on Facebook, then you can always come to Google, man, and I'm over there at Google, man, doing my thing over there, too. You know, um, the same thing happened here on Facebook. I have a very large woman following on Google, and so I do on Facebook. And I'm still trying to figure that one out. (laughs) Still trying to figure it out. All right, all right. Well, thanks. So much, Elder Timon, and now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hear a poem by King Timon Brown. Hello, Timon? Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear okay. you now. Oh, we lost the connection at first. Okay, my apologies. Mm-hmm. Um, this is called The Melanated Night. The Melanated Night. She seasons her thoughts just right, producing conversation 
that fulfilled my internal appetite, simmering within the opportunity to make me feel more than just all right, educating me as I anticipated the very first bite. From the first few words spoken, I just knew that our minds would be making love on a much higher plane as our conscious and awareness intertwined all throughout the melanated night. I must say that that black queen says my mind just right. And that's that piece. Mm. Wow. wow. Black love black matters, love. ladies and gentlemen. Black love still matters. Black love is the real, true, dark matter without which there would be no universe or anything in existence. Thank you, King Timon. Thank you. Simone, you know, I'm glad you said that, man, because right now I'm 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 studying dark matter right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. I'm studying dark matter now. And how it how it how that dark matter relates to, to the second geometry. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where I'm working at right now, man. You know, I'm really studying that right now, you know. <laughs> it's right. it's amazing. We we our frequencies are the same, man. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just a just a good reference point. Uh, check out Dr. Ann Brown. Oh yeah, 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 Dr. yeah. Dr. Ann Brown. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. Exactly. She really goes in. She really goes in on that subject matter. So, uh, her and also, if you're not familiar, which I'm probably sure you are, Brother Richard, Dr. Richard King. Mm, okay, I haven't heard of him, but I'm gonna look him up. Oh, he's know. most definitely. He's all over YouTube. Dr. Dr. Richard King. That's his specialty. Him and Ann Brown, I think they're pretty much in the same school of thought and specializing on the melanated, you know, that dark matter, as you put, as you put mm-hmm. it. Okay. Yeah, so uh, you he, won't, he won't let you down. Okay. I definitely going to be Thank you. Thank you. Definitely. I'm adding this Appreciate in the chat room and putting that on the events page as well so our listening audience can acquire this knowledge as and just tap in because that's what it's all about. We got to keep ourselves enriched yeah. and so forth. We'll stay empowered. Thanks so much, Indeed. King Timon. Indeed. Indeed. Much respect to you all. Uh, one love, one people, one power. Yes, indeed. One love, one power. Beautiful. We will come back to you. We're now going to go to our caller from, I believe it is California, and then we have Florida. Welcome to. The Exceptional Scribble Show, caller from California. Welcome. How are you doing, friend? This is uh, Kevin Smith. Oh, fine. Thank you. Thanks for joining us tonight. Um, your voice kind of went in and out. Could you restate your name? I want to make certain of who this is I'm conversing with. <laughs> oh, this is Kevin Smith. Oh, Kevin. hey. All right, My California brother. brother. My California brother. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, I'm having a real good show. I'm enjoy, really enjoying it. It's a lot of it's a lot of stuff going out there. You know, you don't usually get to uh, to get a lot of information on um, the poets that's out there being yeah. from different um, um, parts of the of the of the, of the United States. So you know, when they feature on different shows, you get to see a uh, you get the intimate, or as I like to say, as a lot of people like to say, that you really get the, the poet gets naked out there. So you really learn a lot about the poet and, and, and yeah. Uh, I love that. It's a nakedness, yes, indeed, which is nothing but just bearing your soul. You're being sincere. 
You know, it's, it's, it's moments like this when the artist can be him or herself. So I applaud you and commend you on sharing just that because we need these opportunities as artists where we can just be who we are and share about our passion, which is art. And, um, Kevin, uh, a lot of people may not be as well acquainted with you as for yourself being a, 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 a writer, but also a, I believe you're a film producer or documentary yeah. film creator. Well, I, I pretty much do it all. I pretty much do it all. I went to, I went to school at LACC Film School there, and mm-hmm. uh, now I'm a, um, a indie uh, director, which basically is I'm not. I'm just not in the you know the guild. Oh, okay. The director's okay. Guild. So okay. I'm, I'm an independent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. Say again. Yeah, what year did you What year did you graduate from LACC? I didn't. I didn't graduate. I just. I'm certificated from um, LACC through the film and cinema program, mm-hmm. and that was uh, okay. that was just uh, last year. Oh, okay. Congratulations. I, I, I graduated from there with my AA in eighty. Wait, take that back. In nine in two thousand two thousand eleven. No, take that back. Two thousand nine. I graduated with my AA. In social science. Okay, yeah, you. Two thousand nine. I was there taking. I was there taking classes, and if you would have had went to the back where they got a real big um, theater in the back, yeah. not the not mm-hmm. the theater, not the theater in the front by the by the old gym, but they got a movie theater in the back. If you went back there, you would have saw uh, um, Philip Michael Thomas's uh, a niece was back there. Her name is Nefertiti Negron. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, she was going. Yeah, she was going to. She was going to take a film school yeah, back yeah. there with us. Yeah, we got a yeah. lot of. We had a lot of stars and celebrities that were that goes to that took classes back there. So, LACC, a big school. You know, some of the alumni like uh, Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. You know, just to name, just to name a few. You know, so a lot of people are not as uh in. Uh, how you say inclined to go to city college, but because mm-hmm. they just don't know, they look down on city college. I would definitely, I would definitely recommend if you don't have the money to really consider going into city college. And with yeah. the city college initiative that uh, President Obama is trying, mm-hmm. I guess he's trying to pass or he he passed. I'm not too abreast on it right now, but he's trying right. to pass it to where we have free college. That's you right, know, city college for everyone. So if there is yes, uh, there are options out there, and you know. So everybody, education is important, and we all got to have it. So it's being put there for us. And not to mention, you know, y'all guys mentioned something about travel. I know I was in the Army, and in, in other countries, mm-hmm. actually, secondary ec- education is a requirement. <laughs> so mm. we behind yes. the curve. We behind. We definitely yeah, behind the that. curve. In our thinking. I know. Beautiful. Fun, I'm man. so glad he he shared that, right, Master Scribe? Because you know we're trying to push what's important. To I our listening it. audience, I, yes, indeed. I, I love it. I love it because I got to say What's something. relevant? And I'm a ten-year Marine, man. So, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. You know that now that we vets, we can be cool. But back in the day, <laughs> he said, "Now, <laughs> <laughs> oh my, he keeping it real, ain't he?" <laughs> yeah, we, I, hey, we had our. I had my scare share of brawls with Marines, but we had each other back though when the dawn went. Yeah. When All right. When they get down, when it comes down to it, man, we we got each other's back. That's for sure. You know. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm I'm married to a Navy veteran. I'm a daughter of 
an Army veteran. Um, I have uh, three brothers, two of which are um, Marine veterans, um, a very strong military background family. So um, I have a lot of respect for all of the military men and women out there, and I pray for their safety always because they're the ones that are keeping our nation's borders safe, whether we um, recognize it or not. Without them uh, doing what they do daily, we would not have a uh, peaceful night to rest in, in our land. So let's continue to support them and let them know when we see them, salute them and let them know, hey, I respect you for what you're doing. We may not agree you know, with a lot of these wars, of course, we know um, uh, oh. <laughs> a lot of these wars, you know, that America has elected for uh, our men and women to fight have not always been wars that were justified. But all in all, what we see is um, as a nation, uh, our country still has a certain uh, sense of freedom or liberty or security. And let us cherish what we do have and let us pray that when the time comes when this nation is under siege, that our armies and navies and, and air force will be prepared to do what they need to do and will be prepared to do what we have to do when it comes to our home front as well. Definitely. Yes, indeed. So, Keith, um, any new projects, anything that you're working on that's pressing currently? Um. Yeah, October first is the dropping of um, our first, my first web series, and oh, called Sirens, entitled Sirens on um, IBTV. Well, you can go to YouTube and then type in uh, Sirens. That's what a P like psychic, like P S Y R E N S Sirens slash. Um, I mean, sorry, IBTV slash Sirens, and then. Uh, yeah, they come up there. You can subscribe. I would encourage everybody to subscribe because as soon as the episode drops on October first, you'll get a notification through email that the uh, that the episode has dropped, and then you can go ahead and enjoy it. And uh, and I'm not saying really support me because I really know you guys support me, but just you know enjoy it, get your feedback, and let us know how we're okay. how we're doing. That I have. Uh, I'm also. Um, co-authoring uh, the book, the companion. It's not the companion book. It's actually the book of Sirens entitled uh, "Essentially Speaking." So the 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 web series spawns from the book, and um, co-authoring the book right now with uh, with Carla Nicole Willis. And um, I, I don't have a date for the drop of the book yet, but uh, okay. the web series is coming out. And then I'm also spinning a book, a spinning a, a, a short story book off of essentially speaking, called blacklisted. So I'm working yeah. a lot of I'm working a lot yeah, of I, I, right I, Oh, my. Uh, and, uh, you, I you're just, working. I just, <laughs> I just entered uh, the Nickelodeon five-page um, contest, but I didn't I didn't place in that. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you my pluses as well as my negatives. So I didn't place okay. in that. So, you know, as I, I screenwrite, I, I play, right? I do a, I do a lot. You know, I got a lot of projects and got a lot going on at the present time. That's why I call into the exceptional scribble show because, like I said before, with the book uh, that you, mm-hmm. give, you guys give a lot of uh, of pointers and you know or know how and how tos right. in literary yeah. 
medium. So I'm over here sneaking, trying to, you know, elevate <laughs> and trying to step okay. my uh, writing game up. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Queen Zipporah, she's the co-host of Porra mm-hmm. Selma. She usually starts that hour for uh, uh, free publishing tips. If you have any questions, you can get full answers and accurate information as well as references. Um, so definitely uh, hang out with us from 10 to 11 o'clock. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, I'm like support's number one fan, but she just don't know it. Not like that, Not like that. I always... Yeah, not like that, not like that. I always, when when people ask me about (laughs) tips, when people ask me about tips, I say call into Exceptional Scribble because the poor Thelma's going to be on there. And she definitely going to give you some tips and supporters and some know-how. Let me clean that up. (laughs) (laughs) Let you clean it up. Well, hey, you know I got your bag, Kevin. I understood. But it's all right. I'm going to get my clothes in, Kevin. I'm going to get my clothes in. Mr. Boston, you know he got to do what he do. You know how that is. Well, we thank you, Kevin. Um, We'll definitely come back to you as well. But um, if you have a piece that's ready right now, um, the mic is open. You can spit your piece, and then we'll go to the next caller, which is our caller from Florida. I'm I'm here. It's not not my night. I'm listening to uh, the feature, and I'm waiting, anticipating, got my notepad ready for when support comes on. (laughs) Okay. No problem. Thank you, and we appreciate the support. Okay, we're going to go to Florida, and then this is the lineup. We have after Florida is Northwest Ohio, and we have, it looks like, New York and Philadelphia, PA. So we're going to uh, move now to Florida. Welcome, caller from Florida. Please identify yourself. Lady of Love from the Poetry Concert and Poetry and Love on Blog Talk. Radio. Welcome. Welcome, Queen Poetress, ladies and gentlemen. It is an honor to have Queen Poetress with us tonight, Lady of Love, Madam Lois Shaw. And um, would you happen to have a question for our feature artist in the spotlight this evening, Mr. Boston, a.k.a. Master Scribe? If not a question, maybe just a comment or remark. The mic is in your hands, please. Thank you. I, I think he's tired of me asking so many questions. I'm never tired of you. I'm never tired of you. I'm never tired of anybody. I love everybody who has a positive spirit. And as long as I can feel your positive spirit and you keep giving me that energy, I can keep sending that energy back to you. So that's the beautiful part of having a friendship with you. But you do inspire my pen. You know, we got so much stuff written together, and oh my God, I mean, you. Oh, I'm sitting here. Not the best in me. I don't know why you came and how you came, but you just you slithered in my crack, and I didn't. I'm I'm normally not cracked anywhere, but you slithered in. I don't know how you did that, but you did it. (laughs) She did it. (laughs) It's foundational lay. It always was. I think two about two years ago, someone asked, "How long had you been in my life?" And I said, "He's always been there. <laughs> you know, it's always been that way." What happened is we came. It manifest out of mm-hmm. the spirit at this time. It was to be, 
And that's why the connection is so solid, you see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's I agree with you 100%. That's what that is, you know. But um, I just want to congratulate you on your feature. Um, it, just so you deserve it. So well, well deserved. Mm-hmm. You deserve it. Wow. Um, I appreciate you, Lady of Love, Miss Lois. You uh, know Really I, do. I certainly appreciate you. I I have one little question. You said you you were going to watch me grow, and I I don't even have to ask you that because I know from my own self, I have grown so much with I call him MS, and he understands what that is. I have grown so much that um, I'm ready to go back on the fast track for my master's. You know what I'm saying? I know I can do it because of the exercise in right, not only in the exercise in right, but the mm-hmm. mind expansion, the mind expansion. And I, I have a lot to tell, you know, and so I just want to thank you. You know, I'm going to give you your flowers while you can smell them. Yes. Well, you know, let me say this. Let me say this to you, Miss Lois, and and you know I have this my own style of philosophy, and you know, and I think on another different planet sometimes. But let me say this to you: to be of a clear person, you must know your individual identity construction to consider your individual psychology and the way you conduct your social psychology. Absolutely. And I, my finding you, a male friend who understood that part and honored that part and made me a friend of his. And for that, I thank you, because I can call you, you know, and we can discuss most anything, you know. And when I come away, I don't feel... I don't feel in no wise violated. You feel what I'm saying? I feel uplifted. So that's why I know this is a genuine connection. Yeah, so, that's what I say. I, you know I always say that I have no place for judgment mm-hmm. because judgment is not mine to judge. So I have no place for judgment. I treat each individual the same, on the same plane, straight across the board, you know, and I give them the information that they need and that they're asking. I answer the questions that they ask and the way they answer it. So I have no room for judgment within me. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a free spirit. So, boy, that's that's it. I am too. And you don't cage me. You know, you don't hold me down. You let me fly. Exactly. And when I, I that's what I love it. I love writing with this gentleman. I've written with other. Men, but you know, it seems I don't know. It just doesn't come out like it comes out with Mr. Boston. It just it's, right. It's just boss when he could he could tell me hickory dickory dock. The mouse ran up the clock. I got something for him. Mm-hmm. When did the mice? When did the mouse run up the clock? How far up into the clock did he go? Okay, well, I must say, it sounds like you two are on the same wavelength, and your pens 
apparently do agree, and that is a marvelous thing to witness collab artists that truly collab. I mean, from soul to soul, mind to mind, spirit to spirit. That's an awesome, awesome thing to behold. So I must commend you. I have a message from the chat room. Uh, I believe this is from the Jaguar himself, and he said that he is enjoying the Mr. Boston and Lady of Love reunion tonight. Oh, my So thank you both for, you know, you're getting everything warm and fuzzy in the chat room. People are like, oh, how sweet, and, you know, all that good stuff. They might want to get ready over there, though, because I know, I know, I already know what Lawrence has came to do already. (laughs) <laughs> well, listen, we want to come back to the both of you because we know you have a collab piece. And before you do a collab piece together, we're going to go to, we have For Real the Poet, and we know that he's been here from the very start of the program, and we just want to welcome him in because he can't stay on but so long. Welcome, For Real the Poet. Welcome. Hey, 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 take your socks off. <laughs> you know. I got them off, too. <laughs> Wiggling my toes. Thank you. Hey, hey, hey. Congratulations, my brother, my big brother. Congratulations. Oh, my God. This is my man right here. No more <laughs> room. That's the man. <laughs> Look who's in the building. Man, I got, man, I, let me tell you something. I have the highest conscious an unconscious respect for your pen, and that's real deal. My God, man, you don't you 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 don't even you don't you don't even have idea of how many pieces that you have you I've heard you speak that inspired me to write. You have mm. no idea, man. You have no mm. idea, mm-hmm. you know, man. I love that. I tell you, you never know um, how somebody, you know, make you feel, and uh, you make me feel real great um, because I would have never um, thought that, man. I'm, I'm, I'm looking up at your pen right here, man. Not only just your pen, man, but you as a brother, as a big brother, you know, um, a man, a brother in the community, you know, and, and a friend mm-hmm. that you are, and, and uh, you know, I'm inspired. I'm honored. Uh, to share the same stage with you, man, and um, you do a lot for me. And I, I just don't want to do tit for tat, but I'm just want to say that, man. On some dark, cloudy days, man. Sometimes I call in those programs over there, DSR Fire Inc., and I might not be in the best of moods or in the best of way. I just want to be with the family and um. But after hearing you guys, you know, with y'all banter and the, the back and forth and stuff, you know. I wound up laughing and having a good time, and I wound up pressing star eight anyway. Well, if y'all don't, y'all wound up bringing me anyway. But, you know, I, y'all put me back in the move. Y'all put me in good spirits. And um, I find that you do that, you know, um, on a daily basis, man. You and Lois get me to cracking up, you know, and putting me in good spirits, man. So God bless you, and I thank God for you, bro. <laughs> well, God sent me, you know, you know for real, I, um, a few years back, I, after I got out of prison, I think I was out of prison for, I think, about a year. And I had a myocardial thrombosis. 
and that thrombosis hit, man, and it took me out of here. I Sometimes I go in my drawer and I look at the paperwork on it, and mm. they left me dead on arrival at the hospital. Oh, my. And um, for some reason, God said it wasn't my time. He sent mm. me back. Mm. I had a complete out-of-body experience, believe it or not. And I heard the doctors and I heard the nurses and stuff, but I ended up spending 47 days in a coma. And I came out of that coma 47 days later, and my whole entire life was changed. I didn't want it no longer. I had no desire to do none of the stuff that I did before. You know, I wanted to go out into the world and experience the world on a different, whole higher consciousness, you know. And from that point on, I started elevating, you know, and I wanted to do the things that I know that I was supposed to be doing from the beginning. And so, you know, to believe it or not, man, I am uh, this Friday, uh, I'm, I'm doing something that rebuilding my life completely. I'm actually going to get my driver's license after not having none for 25 years. Mm. I'm going to take that test Woo. right. <laughs> wow. Excellent. I, I hear you. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm building my life completely over again. And what you see is the new me. Well, not mm-hmm. really the new me. You're really seeing what I was supposed to be in the beginning. I just took a wrong turn. Hey. Hey, I feel you there, bro. We share that same um, likeness. You know what I'm saying? A diamond don't start off as a diamond, brother. That's right. That's, That's right. right. Truth. That's yeah. truth. All right. Well, thank you. Um, for Real the Poet, please share with everyone in the listening audience information about your radio shows, um, information about yourself as an artist, if you have any upcoming uh, events on your calendar. And okay. also, we want to hear you spit a piece, of course. All right. All right the mic okay. is now in your hands, and thank you. Thank you, Fran. And, hey, Fran, I didn't give you a proper greeting. Hello, Fran. I love you, darling. Oh, hello. You know, I love you back. <laughs> Good to have you. You know, we're so busy these days. We often miss each other, and then every once in a while, you know, in passing, we catch up with each other either on the cipher on Wednesdays or some other show, but... It's good yeah. to be able to really, you know, dialogue and say, hey, hi, love you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's real. Yeah. That's real. Yes, yes. This is one of my work nights, so I'm always on the road when your show is on. But I just <laughs> said I was going to make a, a, a effort to be here, you know, because I love Thank you and I love you. But um, that being said, um, over at Epiphany Radio, we got a whole new lineup of programs, hosts, and things going on to mm. um, um, unleash pretty soon. Um, in the meantime, we have a show Wednesday, tomorrow at 11 o'clock with Faye Pheromones, and that's called The Love Jones, y'all. Y'all want to come oh. over there and get on, you know what I'm saying? We want some, um, see, the ladies, they told me to put out there that they want that sensuousness. They want romance. So, you know. Think of that one that you love, you know what I'm saying? Light a candle. So don't, right. you know, they, don't want, they don't want too much hardcore erotica. Put it that way. Let's keep it real. Mm-hmm. 
that love. They want to be loved, okay? So that's tomorrow night uh, with Faith Pheromones and the, and the ladies of um, Epiphany Radio, Sidani Monet, uh, special guest Deborah Allen, you know, um, 11 o'clock tomorrow night. Um, Enigmatic um, Expressions on Fridays at 9, uh, okay. Inspiration. In factory every Sunday at six in the evening. Okay, that's what the shows. Um, you can check me out on um on Amazon, Nook, Barnes and Nobles, and all that good stuff for my all right. um for real compilations, his story. Um, and I'm working on my second uh, addicted addicted to love, which should be oh. coming out. I'm trying to get my CD out here pretty soon. I can get that out here if I could stop making tracks. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so look for that CD under the same name, um, Addicted to Love. Addicted and, to uh, Love. Okay. Love it. I don't want to give out too much, mm-hmm. but I want my brother uh, with a piece, one of his favorite pieces. I know he's going to ask me to do it, so I might as well come straight with this. And this right. is part two of No More Rope, and this is titled This World's Mess. This World's Mess. Expectations of equality been waiting patiently for centuries. Thanking God for that ox that pulled that plow instead of me. Pale was the face of those who spoke peace. Land was taken, sap sucked from every tree. The indigenous find themselves homeless in what was their country. This world's mess. Somebody flush a fucking toilet. Land formed by thieves. My country, tis of thee. Sweet land, who? Ran the Indian Indians off the land, took liberty of our women, and killed every man. Sweet land of liberty, of the icy land where my father died, land of the pilgrim's pride, from every mountainside, let freedom Bullshit. I feel it. Father, take it, remove it. This gift, it hurts, filled us like curse. I feel the pain of many, many lost souls in search of love. Is there any empty hearts, broken vacancies, hopelessness, spreading epidemic like a disease? Life's a drama, tears are reward. God, step in, fill this void. Restore once more. Belief is bundling, hanging by a string. Give us a reason to sing. Some see you. Others see nothing. Writing on the wall says stand tall, but the weak and the innocent still fall. Like prey to the beast that this world is having a feast on. Those whose faith is incomplete. Hopes becoming deceased. Stagnated growth. Lies are being choked. Races wearing badges are killing black folks. Donald Duck wants to be president. But first he wants Get rid of all the Mexicans. Who's next? Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, they already robbed the Indians, got them sitting on some goddamned reservation when this was their land. 
but still in God we trust. The words speak of times of disgust. These are the times and there are those who still are blind to the signs, still grinning and toe-tapping while collecting guns and killing our sons. We still trying to fit in to be one of them, and I don't just trust none of them. None of them. Democrats and Republicans preaching for our votes and in the back rooms dividing up rope for lynchings, murdering the innocent while mass murderers get treated to Burger King, wearing bulletproof vests like they say protect and serve. Key word, protect who? Mm. And he was resembled to the devil. I feel it. I smell it. Oh, say, can you see? <laughs> I see it real good. And you've been slapping me and my people in the face real good with it, and it smells just like bullshit. <laughs> no more rope. But they still killing us, though. Mm. <laughs> Another piece by him, another night for real. Because mm. <laughs> I know you you want you would love to stay, but I know your your hours are accounted for, and you're you know you're at work and still in a way to be on the mic with us here tonight. So we thank you. I will be listening, and I'll I'll be listening in because I can't just let go. So I'll okay. be listening. On my way to work, and God bless you all. God bless you all. Peace and many blessings to you as well, and to Epiphany Radio. And uh, best of success to you with the uh, book projects that are currently underway. Thank you. Thank you. And the trance and the future CD. Oh, please post any of, of your links to any of your works. Please post them on the Exceptional Scribble Show. Uh, we have a fan page on Facebook, please, and we will definitely promote it and get people interested and get people supporting Thank you, you as an artist. You're very welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, now we're going to go to it. looks like we have, I don't want to miss anybody. Uh, we're getting a lot of callers. I want Florida to know, Florida, I see you. I love you. You are not being ignored um, we have a caller from the Florida Panhandle. We have Mr. DSR, and we have Philadelphia, PA, and we have New York. So I'm going to go in this order. We're going to start with Florida Panhandle, and then we're going to Mr. DSR. Welcome, caller from the Florida Panhandle. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. 
Um, welcome, America. The Jaguars here. Hey, all right, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Jaguar Report. This is the man that started all of this. I would not be on the mic right now telling you the things I tell you from week to week had it not been for this man seeing something in me that I did not even want to acknowledge yet. You know, sometimes we, we don't want to fail and we allow a fear of failure to prevent us from doing something that we know we were born to do. So I want to say personally to the Jaguar poet, thank you for not being just somebody that saw something in me and never even bothering to tell me what you saw in me, but for investing in me and saying, Fran, you got wings. It's time to fly. I really appreciate you for doing that. Thank you yeah, so much. You're very welcome. Yeah, you know, um, I tell any artist, you know me, I'll tell you up front. If I see something, I'm going to tell you. It's like I know from day one you had something in you. I'm glad I pushed you, and look how far you came. You did your thing. You're flying, so I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very honored and humbled. Well, Jaguar, I mean, you got so much going on. You have been a father unto many poets and artists out there. You have mentored many. You have uh, produced many artists who now have their own shows and projects and books launched. You've really um, done a lot. You've made some really major great strides. What advice can you give to someone out there who, in turn, wants to do what you have done for the literary artist community? Please well, give that advice. Thank you. Well, it's like this. Truthfully, um, just be yourself and um, continue to uh, look forward. Don't look back. No matter what anybody tells you, you remember, only you can make you happy. You can't make nobody else happy until you make yourself happy. So, um mm. When you got that gift to share, learn to share the information because it can help someone down the road. They can pass the microphone to the next artist. It'll come right back down to you because you built that foundation. So when you build that foundation, that team, uh, um, we have every artist around the country the best way you can. Trust me, they're going to remember you because you helped get them where they are. So it's like you don't have to ask for nothing. They're just going to show you a lot of love because you kept it alive. So to any artist out there struggling or trying to get out there, learn to listen because I'm going to tell you right now, being an artist in poetry is not easy as you think. Mm. It's not just by a microphone on the stage. You've got to learn how to keep the image up. You've got to learn how to keep stuff on pace. you just got to learn to be you. Don't be in just for the fame and money. Just be yourself. It'll take you a long way. Mm. Awesome, awesome. Wow. I tell you, you're giving – some pearls of wisdom tonight. Hopefully everyone out there is writing this down because this information is going to take every artist that is listening a very, very far distance. It'll keep you in it to win it when others fall by the side, by the wayside. So thanks, Jag. I tell you, please share with everyone about Team Jag, how they uh, can become a member um, also, your books that are out, and then also Love a Tree, I believe. Is that oh, correct? Right, right. Um, okay. Yes, uh, Team Jaguar have been around <clears throat> starting at the top of the year, it six years in January, so we've been around six and a half years, y'all. So yeah. From the east to the west, Midwest, UK, Hawaii, Canada, down under, trying to get some more places overseas. So 
and become a busy CEO. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I got Death Boy to Speak Radio, and I got the newest radio family members, um, Grand Theft Poetry uh, mm-hmm. Radio. So uh-huh. you're going to see us every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I'm a busy man, as you see, I'm everywhere. So um, also I got a new magazine to my family. It's called uh, Vibes and Verses, along with the Death Poetry Speak uh, magazine, uh, Year of the Poet magazine. So, yeah, I got a lot of hats, and I love what I do. But um, yeah. I'm just getting back into the rhythm of doing a lot of stuff because I've been away for about almost two months. I ain't been on the microphone mm. in two months. So mm. trust me, we're going to burn up. I got a lot of new stuff going to come to you. I got new faces and voices. Trust me, Team Jaguar is going to be beyond the limit. Uh, Death Forty Street, GTL, GTP Radio from Beyond the Limit, plus Lovetry with me and um, the Georgia Songbird, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, music and poetry. That's going to be Beyond the Limit. So I'm just doing a lot of stuff. So we love it. Speaking awesome. Of the Georgia awesome. Songbird, if she is right here, I think she want to say a word. Yes, please. We definitely want to hear from GA Songbird. This is Lady Tasha Love, Queen Tasha. Welcome. <laughs> Hi, Fran. How are you? Hey, I am doing well. It's good to have you on the panel tonight. I tell you, you always bring this energy, this good, positive energy. And your love for art and music, it just exudes through you in such a very strong manner. I'm just always, always wanting to hear your voice. You have such a beautiful, uh, lovely voice. And um I'm just so happy for you and Jack. Can you touch on, um, uh, share with everyone also your good your good news as for you and Jack? I don't want to, you know, let <laughs> let it out. You know, I want you to to do it. You two to do well, it. <laughs> well, I don't know if everyone knows, but we are engaged. Yeah. Next year. <laughs> Oh, my, please repeat that statement again. I was clapping, so it distracted me. <laughs> Go ahead, say it. <laughs> yes, we are engaged, and we will be getting married. And um, the date we picked was June 21st, 2016. Oh. And June so, 21st is our anniversary date. That's the date we met. Oh, my goodness. How very special. And that's the date where you're going to uh, pledge your love to each other for an eternity. Yeah. How awesome. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yes. But we're, we're excited. We're, we're very <laughs> excited for the both of you. I know a lot of people are writing that date down so that we can all be present at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Your family. Yes, indeed. Um, thanks. Thanks. We're glad to have you. Now, do you two have a piece that you want to do? That you'd like mm-hmm. to spit before we go on to the next caller? Well, no, not really. I just want to call in and just say hello to you and uh, your panel. Uh, Jeffrey, congratulations on you. I mean, I'm very proud of you, Jeffrey, man. You grown, man. Do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He's so I, raw. You know, I, started, I started out with Jag. Believe mm-hmm. it or not, I started out with Jag. Jag was the springboard to all of this, you know, um, I'm 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 really grateful that he got me started. He gave me the he gave me room for the practice to jump mm. the CSR man and it's just I appreciate you man. And I and, and, and I will I will drop in on you on Sunday night after my show, of course. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming to, and I'm coming to tear your mic up off the floor. 
I'll be waiting. Hey, I have the microphone ready for you. I'll be ready. All you have to do is just call my name, man, and then you know I'm coming to I'm I'm coming oh, to this work, man. I'm bringing my pair. I'm bringing my pair of Jamaican hot sauce, man, with the with the um with the uh, pepperamentos and uh, and uh, and the <laughs> onions and you know what I'm saying. And I'm gonna sit back exactly. with my black bottle of Hennessy, man. You know, and just I'm I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna unleash over there. Come on. Sounds like it's it's gonna be a very hot hot time. Oh, oh. Hot. <laughs> oh, don't even say it. Oh. <laughs> oh. Lady Stoneberg will have to run to the shower. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I love the camaraderie and the love that, you know, artists have on this platform tonight for each other. And, you know, each of us have our own very uh, specific projects that we are constantly, you know, honing and perfecting. But we always make it our business to take out the time to spread our love and to share our love with each other and to support each other. And that's what's golden. That's what's incredible about us. So I want to encourage every artist to just continue to support each other. That's what it's all about. We can't have anything if we don't have each other. we got to support our community as literary artists. Much love to everyone tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jack. And thank you so much, Queen Tashia. Oh, you're welcome. Thank and, you. And I look forward to the next time you both call thank in. Uh for you both to do a collab for everyone. Okay. Okay. We'll be so honored. <laughs> Number three will be there. We'll be there. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. And you know, we're gonna be in touch with you anyhow because we're starting our calendar for next year. We're booked for this year, but we're starting our calendar for next year and we definitely will be booking you two for a date for Tuesday in February. So when you oh, get a I chance to look at your calendars, get okay. back with me and let me know which Tuesday in February works for you. Okay. Sure okay. Will. And thanks okay. again for calling in. And we're going to go to our next caller for now. But, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, you can look up uh, Team Jag. You can look up the Jaguar poet, Mr. Ray Watkins, on Facebook. He has a series of pages. And, Jaguar, if you can just share that information and also about you and Lady uh, Tasha's uh, Love a Tree page as well. Yeah, um, you can look up um, Team Jack page on Facebook. Um, you can look up the Lovey Tree page, and you also look at my light page, the Jaguar. Just type in the Jaguar, you'll see it. Um, you'll see a uh, Death Poetry Speak magazine light page. So like on it, and um, let me know about you as an artist, and uh, maybe we can work together. And I will help you. Brand will tell you. I will reach out to you as an artist, and we'll help you. Yes, he will. Awesome, awesome. Thanks so much, Jaguar and Queen Tasha. We love you both, and we look forward to you being on, of course, the panel next year in February. But before then, we look forward to you both coming back and sharing some of that love-a-tree on the mic. All right. right. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes, we're eager. We're looking forward to that. Thanks again. Love you both. Love you. Love you, friend. We're going to go now. It looks like we have a caller from uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Yes. Please introduce yourself. Give us your name and if you're an artist, the genre of artistry. Oh, we already know who this is. I can tell by the voice. I can tell by the voice. I thought it sounded familiar, but I'm like, who is this? Yeah, I got the frequency. I can tell you exactly who that is. I, if I'm not mistaken, that's Kathy. Yes, it is. Hi, Jeffrey. How you doing? I am doing wonderful, and thank you for inviting me to listen in tonight. This is yeah. right up my alley. Wow. Oh, how sweet. This is another one of my collab partners. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, is this Angel? Uh-uh. Yeah. No. This Kathy Lee. This is Kathy Lee. Oh, okay. Kathy Lee, welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. It's an honor uh, to have you call in. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. I, I truly appreciate it. And in answer to your question, I'm actually um, a, a writer and a poet. Um, oh, excellent. But I also, I also was a college professor teaching in the arts. Uh, I'm a designer. Oh, and, and wow. So the arts are uh, my passion. So when I saw the topic of the show and Jeffrey told me he was on. I was thrilled to partake in listening to it. I wasn't expecting to really oh, be on here, but just to enjoy. <laughs> well, I have a question for you because our topic for tonight is um, you got to have art, but why? So we want to kind of touch on why the art is so important to each and every one of us. Well, um, I'm... I'm mm-hmm. The chief thing that, that I'm involved with right now, and Jeffrey knows this, and we have many passionate conversations, is um, I'm, I'm a, a life coach and a spiritual counselor. And I see now, looking back, how all of the different hats I've worn in my life have led me down this road to where I am now and how they all tie in together. But even when I was teaching at uh, the colleges in my different courses or doing inspirational talks to high school seniors, trying career motivational sorts of things. Mm-hmm. One of my the, the the one of the focuses that was very important to me is that we learn who we are as human beings. Yeah. And to be a complete human being we need both right and breath uh left brain function operating in tandem. And so often in our school systems I sat in the board of governors for the National Kitchen and Bath Association and was appalled to find out the number of states who were eliminating art from their programs. Mm. because every contributor to society who has given us the most humanitarian wisdom yeah. as well as scientific has been able to utilize both lobes of that brain. And uh, Einstein is one of my, my favorite examples because we are taught that he's you know, the father of physics and he's a scientist, but he was also a very spiritual, artistic man. So mm-hmm. why are arts important? If we are going to develop as human beings, we need to bring in that creative force from the right brain because that's where spirit lies. That's where inspiration comes from. And I don't care for in an academic field. I used to tell my students, if you're pre-med, you need to start writing, drawing, scribbling, doodling, taking mm-hmm. both sides of that brain active. So I hope I, I answered you. 
Oh, my, you answered me fully, and I so appreciate that. Thank you. My girl there, that's yes. her. Met her have some, met her have some very large conversations. I mean, some, I mean, we are on that, that frequency, you know, and today, matter of fact, she, today she asked me some very deep questions about Tantra and stuff. Mm. And you know, we had a nice, nice, very nice conversation today. It's, it's always enlightening to meet someone at, at, at Jeffrey's just amazing, as you know. As you know. Yes, indeed. I, and I agree. With him, connecting with him has been a blessing to my life. It's, it's to find another person, especially a man, as Lois was saying, <clears throat> um, mm. who understands at this level and has that kind of passion. This is what the world needs. You know, we need the visionaries. And every time I talk to Jeffrey, it, it ignites a different part of my neural structure and my, my soul. I, <laughs> I, I feel like I've gained something every time we have these yes. deep conversations. Right, Jeffrey? Yes, I, I I really enjoy talking to you. I really enjoy having conversations with you because, you know, I get to, I get to speak to you on my level and you understand where I'm at and where I'm coming from, especially when I'm talking about frequency and vibration and love. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm just I'm, I'm I'm amazed because you're one of the very few people that I've talked to on that level, and they really understand where I'm coming from and, and really understand what I'm saying and the body of knowledge that I've gained over the years through my world travels and brought that that learning and that education back to this arena and hopes of somebody would be able to understand what I've learned. Because my, my father's always told me knowledge don't mean a damn thing unless you give it back. And wow. I found somebody to give that knowledge back to. You, Lois, Sylvia, Wanda, um, and a few others, you know, that follow me, you know, and I'm just, I'm, I'm just amazed, you know, that, it is what it is, you know. Uh, I think my, my my calling was to do with just exactly what I'm doing now. That's my calling. So I'm following my calling. I follow my spirit. I follow my intuition. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. That's life. That's I'm, I'm truly humbled. I'm in tears here. If you can see me, I'm just touched by what you just said, Jeffrey. And um, what can I say other than that? That to be respected in in that way means everything to me because. It's a, a kind of a lonely path um, mm. when you seek for higher answers or when you seek to be of service to the world, and it doesn't—it's a world that doesn't understand. Mm. Right. So, thank you so much for that. Wow! Awesome. That—that's meaningful right there. Because um, so many artists, I'm—I'm I'm thinking, so many come to mind: Marvin Gaye, um, Van Gogh, like so many artists who uh, that was what they did their artistry for. It wasn't about the money, per se. They really cared about humanity, and they wanted to make this world a better place. Absolutely, and and many artists are, are poor because it's about the mm-hmm. art, it's about the heart. It isn't about, it's about helping one another. It's about setting, bringing beauty into the world, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely, 
Absolutely. And there's also a risk. I had a, a, an in-depth conversation with um, another author who writes books uh, um, about the earth changes and things that are going on. Mm, yes. Good point that many, many artists, their depression, mm-hmm. things, and then are judged because of it. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's a negativity so much as it is the sensitivity of the person, mm-hmm. and we need to find out ways to channel that into positive ways, especially with the youth. The youth needs to, to understand that art is a beautiful thing, and it doesn't have to be taken to an extreme where we go into depression or where we go into expressions that may be self-destructive. Yes, I agree with that. Yes, indeed. You know, there's that, um, it's like a double-edged sword. Like you said, we have to channel it in a positive light. You know, if we don't, it's going to be channeled in a negative light. And then instead of healing the world, we will become an instrument of war and uh, cause its destruction, which right now our planet is in need of healing. So we definitely... Yes, we must find that positive channel for an outlet and help Absolutely. our youth, help guide them to that. We must. Absolutely. Um, you're, you're echoing my heart. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I tell you, you know, we're all on the same wavelength here on this panel tonight. I, I, I love it. I believe so. And the more I meet, the more I meet I'm, I'm just amazed how people of the same wavelength are being put on my path, and it's just such a blessing. Oh, beautiful. I'm proud of you, Kathy. I'm so proud of you. I, you know, like I, like I've always said, and I always tell you, and I tell you time and time again, and I reiterate this all the time, balance, patience, mm-hmm. and love. Yeah. Balance, patience, and love. And I say that all the time because yeah. that's my motto, you know. So. And you Wonderful. always ask me if I'm drinking water, which I do constantly. <laughs> <laughs> water is that water Are you is drinking that, your water? That, yep. Oh, that's always. beautiful. I keep a I let me tell you what I do. I keep a you know one of them them uh big gold cups from seven eleven? Mm-hmm. Okay. I keep two of those by my bed. I put two of them by my bed at night when I go to bed. Mm. Well, my daughter can attest. I walk around with water in my hand twenty four seven. Yeah. But Jeffrey, Jeffrey's also a father bear. He makes sure everybody's taking care of all the way around <laughs> yes. the clock. So, are you? Do you have your water with you? Yes, Jeffrey, I have my water. <laughs> hey, he is truly a gift to the literary artist community and to this world, and we are Absolutely. so honored to have him on so many and- levels. And I'm honored whenever he asks me to do a collaboration because that's one of the highest honors. Mm. cool. <laughs> I asked you to write with me because you can write, dang it. You can write and you understand. <laughs> I mean, I can go, I can I, I can do a zigzag and you just keep right there with me. And I'm just like, you, Lois, mm-hmm. you and Lois and you, Lois, and uh, Makia and um, – a few other ones, y'all, y'all guys just like y'all guys amaze me with your pens, and you know the, the the amazing thing to me is is when you when a person comes back and writes with me and tells me, wow, you know that right elevated me to another level, man. Uh huh. Exactly. You, you, 
you educated you educated me and then you set me down and then you gave me some more information and I didn't even think I had it in me and you opened that that portal up and now I'm coming out, you know. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I and one thing too I have to I have to clap my hands for Makia because uh Makia was this closed up woman that she had all the activity of putting her pen on paper and she one day she told me she didn't know how to put it down. So mm. I said, Call me on the phone. Call me on the phone. And when I called her, when she called me on the phone, I talked to her for 30 minutes. And I think it was about 10.30 at night, she hit me in my inbox. She said, you know, you woke me up. I'm going to drop something in your inbox. Would you respond to it? Would you collab on it? And so I collabed on the piece, and it, it, it was like she hit me up, and she was like, wow, I'm speechless. You know, and I'm saying, why are you speechless? She said, well, you know, I've never posted my stuff out there like that, but I feel inclined to post this piece. So she posted it on her on her page, and she got all of these responses, and, you know, and then I had to go in and say, you know, you know, give all the accolades to the co-writer because it's her that sparked this acuity to make this piece come alive, give her all the things, mm, okay. the you know. I don't want to be, I don't want to be, when I write with somebody, I don't want to be the one who's always being commented to. I want the co-writer, I want y'all to look at the co-writer and look at what she says because my responses are to what she said. Even though when I start the piece, the response is to what she said. Mm-hmm. So you have to pay attention to the co-writer and not me. Give all the accolades and the standard ovations to the co-writer. So without the co-writer, the piece wouldn't be, you know. Okay. Well, I I affirm that. I thank you. I believe the same. I have my co-host, Queens of Port Thelman, because we're getting now into that hour for publishing tips. But before we go there, I must move on. We have Mr. DSR. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show, Mr. DSR. My Exceptional Scribble. Hey, hey. We're well, glad well. to have you with us tonight. Hey, no problem. I mean, uh, one of my members right there was uh, being featured, Mr. Boston, so I just came through and showed some support. Oh, you thank are you. Now let me let me let me do this for my from Mr. DSR. <laughs> yes, you are indeed. now in the host key with Mr. DSR, Mr. Cipher, Mr. All Artists Lineup, and my DJ on Sunday nights at Full Purpose Pen. Mm, 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 mm. I am so honored. I tell you, Mr. DSR, we want to thank you for all that you do. I have to uh, say this in honor of you. Um, I had no idea that I could be a freestyle poet and a page poet in the same body. (laughs) And you issued to me a challenge, and I said, you know what? I'm not going to be a chicken. I'm going to be a lioness. (laughs) I'm going to take on this challenge, and if I fall down, I'm going to get back up. So he had me to call in on a Wednesday, 
and I tried it, and I'm going to be honest. It felt awkward the first time, but the second time I felt like, wow, where have I been all my life? I should have been doing this while I was still a page poet. So I want to thank him personally for charging me to do something new and for letting me see that just because it's new doesn't mean it's not for you. So I want to thank you, Mr. DSR. Hey, you're welcome, friend. The stage. <laughs> I mean, uh, every time you uh, you come over there, you uh, you keep going to the next level. You know. <laughs> thank you. I mean, uh, I mean, we got friend coming over here following lyricists who be on stages performing in big crowds and whatnot. And Francine comes in like she been doing freestyle her whole life. <laughs> <laughs> you know. She comes in with that intellectual mind and just follow the pace. She just takes it and makes her her own mm-hmm. pace, you know. And I appreciate what you do, Francine, Thank over you. here mm-hmm. on Exceptional Scribble. I, I, I'm trying to get Queen Zipporah to come over there now, you know, because she tries to be a little backstage sometime, you know, just do a lot of backstage stuff. But she's really a front stage artist. And she's really awesome, you know. She does her thing with the free publishing tips for anyone that wants to become a published author and writer. So um, we're going to try and get her over there one of these upcoming Wednesdays because we know she got that fire in her ink. She's just trying to be modest. That's all it is. I heard that, friend, and I'm listening. <laughs> and I'm going to get you for that. I'm going to get you for that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold up. Quick Can you freestyle over there? Well, I've done a few, you know, poems when I was going to the La Rose Jazz Festival, and I mm-hmm. did wow the audience, and one person thanked me for keeping it pure. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Well, I'm about to issue another challenge right here. <laughs> Boy, yes. I mean, I want you to step up and call into the cipher tomorrow night because I want to hear you join in on one of our cipher rounds. What do you think about that? Well, let me think about it because you're putting me on the spot and you're tapping into, how can I say it? You're tapping into my southern side. <laughs> that southern side? Well, well I'm going to say this, please, for Mr. Boston going to be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Boston going to be right. there. I'm going to be on my way home from class. And uh, if I get there and find out that you ain't there, I'm gonna hit you in your inbox, and I'm 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 gonna say some things that you don't want to hear, cause then you're gonna be <laughs> throwing your shower shoes over in the shower instead of you getting in the shower. So. You, All right, say this again. Now you was going in and out, so you're saying that you're gonna send me something in my inbox. The thing is, I'm no, not gonna win here. Up, if you don't show up tomorrow night on the DSR cipher, I'm gonna I'm gonna put something in your inbox to make you throw your shower shoes in the inbox. Instead, I'm just make your shower shoes go in the shower instead of you going to the shower. Now, <laughs> I see shower shoes in the shower. He just found them. You know, really tongue twisted. All I yeah. made out was shower shoes in the shower. I'm sorry, yeah, that's all. So, then you're gonna have to handcuff your you're gonna have to handcuff yourself to the toilet roll paper when I get through. <laughs> to the <hoopie>. oh, <laughs> You know what? He's about to make me pull out. My two guns and my lasso. Okay. <laughs> and her okay. lasso. Oh, God. 
Am I double you know what? <laughs> well, you know, Sephora, I'm a Taurus, so you know what I'm saying? Bring that up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm a Pisces. So. Okay. Oh, we talk, shoe, shut down. <laughs> right? <laughs> Do not oh, mess with Pisces. And Pisces is supposedly what? Mystic? Mm. Ooh, you don't want me to gas nothing. <laughs> well, you got to come on. You got to come on up to my twelfth realm, Dan. If you come up to my twelfth realm, then I, you'll be wearing that lasso when I get through. Oh, we'll just see about that because I'll bring to bring my two double barrel shotguns. Okay, time to bring out the parrot hot sauce. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and probably yeah, and, and probably with uh my with the cowboy boots with the spurs. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess this is the moment when I say to Mr. DSR, Mr. DSR, you've got to pull a plug for your shows that you are producer of and Mm -hmm. tell everyone what's new and hot and and what's current, and then we'll keep it moving and let Mm -hmm. Mr. Boston wrap up his segment so Queen Zipporah can start hers. Thank you. And and other thing, DSR, all right, so I'll just have to wait for your message in my inbox with instructions. All right. Well, I mean, okay. uh, tomorrow going down on DSR Hump Day, the cipher is going down as we feature the track from Sino the CEO. You know, go check out tomorrow at 8 p.m. to mm. 10 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to be hosting that along with my partner in crime, Alien. You know, we're going to have the freestyle teacher over there, Mr. Boston, doing his thing later on in that cipher, you know. On the cypher is uh, three artists going in at a time. One artist is picked to set the pace, and then the other two will follow that pace. That's how it goes down on every cypher hump day. Mm-hmm. And uh, also right. Thursday is going down. WW is coming back, Word Warrior. He will be featuring mm. uh, right. O and uh, Yogi Dada will be featured as well. 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, well-spoken radio back on DSR this Thursday. Full-purpose pens back on a Sunday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Mr. Boston, old-school jams. That's how we do it. Excellent. Thank you so much, Mr. DSR. So tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, tune in to Hump Day Cypher. Did I say it correct? Yes, you did. And Francine, <laughs> I do have that piece that you uh, wanted me to bring, whatever you want to bring. Oh, yes, yes. We must hear that piece, and we're ready for it right about now. The mic is now in your hands. Oh, Francine, you know, this is Queen Zipporah. I want to say to Mr. DSR, I didn't know that I was dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I see she remembered that. Thank huh? <laughs> Yeah, I think far dangerous. I want to hear you get dangerous in the cipher tomorrow, though. <laughs> You're going to unleash that fierceness in her pen for sure. Looking forward to hearing it. Mm-hmm. Indeed. I right, just inbox me the information. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> gotcha. mm-hmm. right, so this piece is called Dangerous Curiosity. Well, <laughs> parents. Just to understand, teenagers, that's why I left and flunked it out of school. Could be another reason as well. Now I walk the streets unlocking its mysteries. I'm under a spell. 
following my own path is the way I now tread until I walk by this window. Suddenly, the lights dimmed. Then a crash and a scream as I looked and evil eyes looked at me. As I ran because I was scared, the window cracked and shattered. Something emerged big and hairy like a beast who looked around for more prey. Mm. I hid on the side, peeked again. It ran on all fours, screamed and growled. Never did I hear such a howl with nothing holding me back. I progressed, went back to the window and saw body parts everywhere mm. of human remains. This is the sickest murder I ever seen as fear, excitement, and curiosity pumped through my bloodstream. Mm. Tread carefully, tracking that thing as little chunks of flesh and blood led me right to his lair. In behind large trees and thick bushes at that as that thing came out and entrance to a cave, it transformed into a female woman whose beauty surprised me. As I moved in close, she wasn't scared, but smiled as she said, you followed me. How foolish. As I said, why is that? As she replied, no one knows my existence, and I'll keep it like that. As she starts to transform back and say, make this interesting, run for your life, as you are my prey. I ran as fast as I can, but it was a waste. As she became the beast again, it seemed like she vanished from my sight. As she attacks me from above, mutilating me as I become a corpse, thoughts of my home life seem so pleasant as I die, learning that lesson. BSR all day in peace. Mm. Whoa. <laughs> Talk about tales from the crypt, tales from the dark side. Oh, my. <laughs> Whoa. Um <laughs> You know what it put me in mind? I remember Alfred Hitchcock and then Rod Serling with the Night Gallery? You know, those stories that really had a plot to, to it, a narrative that, you know, kept you your mind captivated, kept you interested, kept you on the edge of your seat. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Awesome, Mr. DSR. Yeah. You know, uh, Queen Fran is the Queen's of Poor. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's sort of like similar to Clive Barker's Undying Game. And I won't play that game at nighttime, <laughs> even though I know it's not real. I'm sorry, but <laughs> those dogs jumping out and call, how is this? <laughs> wow. Thank you. We thank you for sharing that piece. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, it was a nice um, contrast from, you know, everybody talks about love and consciousness, but not too many people want to talk about the paranormal you know, yeah. the things that we don't always have an answer for that do occur. You know, the things that go bump in the night, you know, and we look yeah. for what made that noise and we don't find anything. <laughs> but we see the evidence that something, you know, bumps something in the night. So, you know, it's really neat, you know, when yeah. you get that variety on a show. Um, yeah. And, it, you, you know, it's, it's, it's a refreshing thing. So we want to mm-hmm. commend you. Hey, you got – he has – um Potential to be a sci-fi writer, would you say, Queen Zipporah? Yes, I would. You know, the way he described in the, in the transformation, he's got you know, the hard pieces rolling to one. He's got the transformation. You know, he has the beast and all, and, and, and uh, those two is what, you know, makes the heart <laughs> real. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was, um, my second novel, you know, is the only dark fantasy in my urban fantasy series. And uh, it's a horror 
and I was, you know, came up with a really, you know, different self-written quote. In fact, there was three of them that I had written, but I found the one that I'm going to uh, choose to work on because it fits, you know, what my story is about. Excellent, excellent. I'm so happy for you because I know you go to great lengths to um, identify what's needed for right now to be able to make that distinction and to say, well, this is for another time, but this is for right now, and I'm going to push it, push this. I know you you do a lot of um, pounding the pavement before you make that decision. So I'm really happy for you. I'm glad that you know you're moving forward with your vision as for your literary project, and I'm sure there's great things ahead. Yeah, that's what I was doing. Moving forward is all you can do, and um, I you know still study writing as well as you know ones for other stories and. The idea is they just, you know, I just write them down, and then later on they tell me where they belong. I mean, it's like they are instructing me. I'm just the instrument. Mm. Mm. Yes, our our works have a life of their own, and we just have to let let it speak. Let it yeah. speak. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Well, thanks, Mr. DSR, again, for always uh, showing us the support and cha- challenging us. Mm-hmm. You make us stretch intellectually and as for our pens you definitely are advancing us and uh that's what it's all about we're here to sharpen each other and um whatever we can do to support you we will do and we will continue to support your um hump day cipher on wednesdays and um we look forward to having you as a feature guest on a tuesday night we're going to be in touch with you for our uh calendar and we're looking at January to try and get you on. And so expect to see something in your inbox tomorrow from me. All right. Well, you're welcome. And thank you, Francine, for all your continuous support. You know, once again, shout out to Exceptional Scribble and all the greatness that may come in the future. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you. you. Wow. Thank mm-hmm. you. And best of success, of course, to the DSR family and to its head, we are always inspired by Mr. DSR and all of his um, uh, alien um, uh, <laughs> master scribe, Mr. Boston. I mean, all of them, uh, they're just really exceptional people. We're honored to be in um, affiliation with them, and we're going to be there. We're going to support our community of literary artists for sure. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to have, it looks like we still have Queen Poetress in queue, Lady of Love. And there was a collab piece that was supposed to be shared by Mr. Boston and Lady of Love. We definitely want to hear that. And then Queen Zipporah, it's all yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, we. Lady of Love, you in the building. In the building. Are you there? I'm always here. I'm like love, light, and flight. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I'm trying to, I'm going to spend my weekend in L.A. and then um, I'm coming to spend a day on your Broadway. Uh, <laughs> With that being said, you know. Oh, hey. <laughs> mm. Sounds like 
fire in a basket to me. Okay. The basket holds a treat so easy to save. Basking with fire's beauty, fire in the basket full of flickering flames burning like white diamond stone. Hypnotic strobes of undying fire as he looks into the basket that captures his devote. As his soul warms from the heat, as a diamond cutter admires a precious and natural stone that will bear his significant design. Bringing light from dark existence to catch the wind fire in the basket of perpetual renewal. Bound by those dim lights, her name in the clutches of joy of sipping wine from her pleasures. Mm, Her joy renewed the pleasures in his heart. Eastbound winds stoke fire deep in the basket. Not to consume, but light in any darkness to reveal her treasures that never end. He felt the hum, the tumble of her mental sword laid strategically by yond open door as she thread the golden loom. Golden the loom, let me pull your thread. Fire in the basket stood in silence, thought was it about me or the thought she. A fancy treasure disconcerting wit, chaste yet unexplored, the basket held the precious jewel of her heart. They are both rare treasures from the city, less explored. It has always been about her center that never drifts, left for the royal one to understand placing this jewel in both his hands. Vast as all heaven's loving passion without tears, this fire in the basket cold in her paradise, conscious silk tapestries or reflected eyes and ambient flames alight the lover's soul adorn the sunset tenderness reflected in the fire of her beauty to rise and meet. Spacious was provided and proven, the mark of both quite clear. He rose and tears streamed her face for joy of seeing his beauty reflected through his diamond clear window. The emeralds glistened and pearls whispered his name. They moved abroad on clouds of silk. Melody is their distinctive charm as vast as heaven's gift, unfolding majestic fire from deep in the fiery basket. The world in the ostrich comes to sweet dawn, accentuating the fire in the basket. The flame of illustration intimately bound by the essence of the observer embodied by the reflective enclosure, advanced by the conclusions of fire in the basket burns absolutely. Turns out to be essential and inhabited in the richest expressions of consciousness. Mm. Mm. Ooh, I got chills. Wow, wow. I can y'all just um kind of elaborate a little about that piece and then um uh master scribe will need for you to wrap up and give everyone your uh information for contact okay, okay. I, I i before i go to i have a very pertinent piece that i would love to do oh okay yes indeed please feel free but i'm going to since i'm going to do that piece i'm going to let Lady of Love elaborate on that piece since her basket got sold up. Okay. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's uh, enlightening. It's an it's a, a moment of enlightening. 
uh, and that's what the fire in the basket is, and it's a non-consuming fire. Um, and you notice all of the gems that were mis- mm. mentioned. These are our gifts. Okay. Absolutely, these are our gifts. And he he looks on me as a stone cutter, a, a jewel cutter, a diamond cutter, preparing to put his signature design on her. So that's basically what it is. It's about two people who have jewels that, you know, have conscious jewels uh, to distribute through the world. Yes, indeed. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always good to hear the story behind the glory. You know, we hear these phenomenal pieces, but not too often do poets take out the time to tell you how that piece was birthed. And we, when you talk about gemstones or earthstones, they are literally produced, and they are a product of intensity, whether it's compression and heat or intensity of just varied weathering conditions. And that's how we get these priceless jewels and earthstones that we're just so captivated by when we behold their beauty. That's us. You know, and, and you know, we have to keep in mind that um, we are the earthstones hid in, in earth. The Almighty or the I Am Divinity put us into the earth. And when wise stone cutters, I would say the stone cutters are our elders, these are the people that have the spirit of wisdom. When they bring us out of the earth and put us forth so that we can shine our light and we become noticed, then and only then are we fulfilling the destiny that we were created and born. And we all have it. To we, achieve. We all have gifts in these earth, earthen vessels. Um, some are aware of them and some are not. And so the stone cutters are the ones that are the wise ones amongst us, our elders. We have them in the community. And they are the ones that hewn us out from the earth or out of the stone. They bring us forth. They help cultivate those gifts in us. Where would we be without them? Where would we be without the teachers? That's who we are. Where would we be without them? That's who we are now. We are the latter-day prophets and teachers and messengers. So we want them to know we appreciate their tokens. We appreciate what they have done for us and with us. Even though at the time we might have been too young to fully understand what they were doing, and so we mocked them, some of us did, and we did not appreciate them. But they literally hewned us out of the stone, the earth that we were literally embedded into as a body laid into a tomb. And they called us forth. Our resurrection came about because they were not ashamed to declare unto us that we're here for a purpose. And so we live. So I always acknowledge them. I acknowledge our ancestors. They're the forerunners. They paved the way. (laughs) I didn't get here by myself. I'm not ashamed to say that. 
And because of them, I'm standing right now on their shoulders. I acknowledge their testimonials strengthened me. When I wasn't sure, can I really make it? Can I really cross this dream? Their testimonials encouraged me. So, no, I'm not vain, ladies and gentlemen. And, and artists are often mistaken as being vain persons. No, we're not. We are in full acknowledgement of what is beautiful, and we don't have a problem with saying if something is beautiful, how beautiful it is. So we're very realistic in our approaches. However, we are not vain. We acknowledge that we came this way because someone was not selfish, and they thought enough about us to hew us out of the earth to call us forth out of the tomb, to bring us up out of everything that encapsulated us and and restricted us from breathing so that we could come back to life. It's all about breathing and being alive. Never deny your birthright. Never abort your mission And never leave your legacy. You are a living legacy. We have a caller on the line. I have to go to him. And then, Mr. Boston, we're going to have you wrap up because Queen Zipporah has to get into her um, question and answer forum for publishing tips. What we're going to have you do, Mr. Boston, is do your wrap-up now. And then we're going to have the caller from New York come on the mic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it was a pleasure sitting here chilling and grooving with you guys tonight. I want to reach out and say thank you to everybody who came and uh, sit here with us on this panel. Thank you, um, Queen Sephora. Thank you, Fran. You know it's always a pleasure sitting here with you. Much love to you and your friends. Yeah, and y'all, and y'all make sure that y'all go to DSR tomorrow night for for the show tomorrow night and Wednesday night and on Sunday. Make sure you come out and visit Full Purpose Pens on DSR. On yes, Sunday indeed. Night, I'll be looking forward to that, to to groove with you guys the weekend. You know, bring your Mondays in. You know, I'm quite sure that some good stuff is going to happen in those hours on Sunday night. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave you with something on your mind, to put on your mind, and maybe you will see something in here that might touch you and make you go out into the community and help stop the violence because we continue to do this violent thing and we continue to end up in the system. Okay, ready? Yes, the mic is in your hands. Ladies and gentlemen, systems, systems, systems. I was spent trapped in America's legal system. Let me hit this blunt before telling you this story about this now deposition. At least I'll get a chance to tell my side of the story to the judge in the court system who's already tarred and feathered me, sided against me because the color of my skin. With the vote to send me back to the penal system.
them. And you say the justice system is blind. I mean, blind fucked us long, hard, continuous, and deep with the lie and a life sentence to stop our procreation system. Let me blow off this mind steam and open your eyes to the new slave system. Fuck you law enforcement system in your prison industrial steel plantation system. Straight to your face with a blunt force with a black panther justice system. Kiss my ass, you simple ass unjust white racist system. While the media system fix us in this gaze and then release us legally blindfolded by the law back to the streets while the police exact revenge for verbally blasting them on high definition space camera and TV systems. Hey, you wearing a badge in blue? You are the worst in supporting the KKK system. But be mm. prepared because you made me a terrorist to the whole system because you harassed by people with old Jim Crow laws and willy list systems. People still ask the same question about the bastards of the law enforcement system. It's always the same answers. The Caucasians want reassurances that what happened to us wouldn't happen to them. But they always fail to survive in their own system and set us up to self-destruct the black man system. They live in their self-created fear system. Sometimes it's an honest cure. Other times it sounds more like an accusation or it's the black man, poor man's fault or the black homeless veteran's fault. What? See, that's the side face of the white man's fault system. But what about the racist two-faced militaristic police system? It's the same sort of question people ask when they are victims like Ferguson's Michael Brown killed, killed by the police system. What did he do to deserve being targeted by the racist system? We still don't know the answer, and they are unable to reassure anyone in this caste system, regardless of the color of our skin or the woman and the children. That's what happened to us won't happen to them. The police judge us by the color of our skin. What we wear and make no matter what hood we in. Hell, they will come to your door and garage and murder you right in front of your children and claim justifiable homicide. A far cry from the content of judging a black man by his character. All we know is that when we attempt to fight back, we find out just how deeply dysfunctional the police system, the prison system, and the justice system can be. Because a black man is a commodity of the government system to refill the prison system. Young black man, you better understand it's all systematically designed to annihilate the black people and suffocate us with the foot on our economic system. But remember this, oppression is the exercise of authority or power in the burdensome system, cruel and unjust matter system, defined by as an act or instance of oppression, the human system, the state of being oppressed and the feeling of being heavily burdened mentally and physically throughout the system. By troubles, adverse conditions of people, anxiety, social oppression system is the socially supported mistreatment and exploitation of a group category or team of people or individuals. The whole damn system, institutional oppression occurs when established law, customs and practices systematically reflect and produce inequities based on one's membership in a targeted social identity group system. It's oppressive consequences occur in institutional laws created by the system. Customs or practices or institutions is oppressive in there or not. Their individual maintaining those practices have oppressive intention. It's all the part they played in the system, a homicidal system. Take note. I'm going to be there to beat them at their own game their own education system in peace. Mm, awesome, awesome, awesome. I have King Scott 
on the line, and he has something he'd like to say, uh, Mr. Boston. Welcome, King Scott. See, people don't understand of the verses that he be pumping out, how they be costing. You're listening to the last scribe, other known as Mr. Boston. People came through here listening and giving accolades. But they don't understand the man pink and roll and write out everything for days upon days. They had a brother on saying he was the real poet. If you heard what he said, then you would always know it. Didn't know that he pumped out and gave that energy to Master Scribe. But now I got that set in my mind for the rest of all time. Queen Zipporah, we thank you for letting us use up your time. And we know that we're going to hear all that stuff the DSR was pushing at you just maybe just one time. We thank everybody, Francine. We thank you for doing what you do. We thank everybody right. listening at the Exceptional Scribble Show because we know everything that we hear is true. I heard the sister that you heard collaborating, and I heard Lois Shaw. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, Lady of Love. If Lady y'all don't understand, she's the star. Yeah, collaborating elevating, educating the whole darn nation. I'm here at TNL Radio, and that's my radio station. So what you heard tonight, it was a gift. Mm. And if you did something else and you was out there in the streets, then uh, my bad, you just missed. But one (laughs) thing I got to say, and I'm blessed in every way. I try to bring y'all a gift tonight, but I'll bring it next week because my butterfly, I try to get her wings to shine and fly. But one thing I want to say to you, and never forget, I love everybody on this panel, and that's the truth. And I'll never forget that the things that you do for me and the way that you help the world makes me so happy that I found this in this undisputed, negative, and sometimes unspiritual world. Mm. So I say that to you as I go. I thank everybody for giving me this chance to give my love back on the Exceptional Scribble Show, and that's the word for the day. Peace and blessings. All right, all right. That was the word for the day. Thank God, I tell you. He does it like no other does it. King Scott, please pull the plug for your show tomorrow night. We want to support you tomorrow as well. Thank you. Um, it's pull your pants up on T as in Tom, A as in Apple, N as in Nancy, D as in David, L as in love, radio.com on the World Wide Web. And if you're in East New York and Brownsville, it's 90.5 FM. And uh, it starts at 5.30 p.m. to 7 o'clock p.m., and uh, all is welcome, and y'all can come on there and do your little pieces. Zipporah, you can come on there and, and practice. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Practice. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thank you for giving me a free practice room. <laughs> I think if you heard about Mr. DSR, you know, just thrusting me into a challenge, and when he does that, watch out, because he's releasing all <laughs> the things I'm trying to keep hidden. <laughs> oh, I don't right. want released. He's going to unleash the beast? The hidden mm-hmm. beef? Look, look, yeah, I'm just trying to give you some room so when you crack that whip, you can you you have some arm room, you know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I you love know, it. Right? I love it. Thanks, Scott. We appreciate Actually, you. It's it's not a whip; it's a lasso. <laughs> well, you know, you you can use it either way you want to. 
<laughs> oh my, okay. <laughs> wow. I have a special mm-hmm. guest just arrived. We want to acknowledge her in the um caller queue tonight. This is Queen Tiki, the soulful poet. Welcome, Queen Tiki. Greetings. How you doing, sis? Oh, greetings, <laughs> greetings. It's an honor to have you join us because I know that you are always doing something. You are definitely yes. a heavy hitter as an artist. So um, share with everyone about your um, show and if you have any books, uh, how they can become acquainted with your literary art as a writer, and to share with us any, any pieces, if you have a piece that you'd like to share with everyone. I would love to share a piece, but I don't have my book with me, so it's, it's in my bag. I'm actually at work. I wanted to call and you know show some of us to you oh. guys. I, I, I haven't been able to call in, so... Because usually right. when you have your show, I'm usually here. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, you know, Jack texted me, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to call in for a little bit. No, oh, try thank to call you. In and show some love. And so, yes, I had to do that. You know I so, love you, I, Queen I, Tiki. I, <laughs> no, I love you back, sis. You know I Wow, <laughs> this is so special. Um, I feel like, you know what they say, Christmas <laughs> in July or whatever. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. But right now, uh, I'm I'm just still working on my projects. Um, I'm gearing for next week to have um, a few things coming out next. I mean, not next week, but next year, I should have a few things coming out. Um, I will definitely be keeping everybody posted on that. Um, I will be bringing back the um, my open mic show. Uh, I'm gearing for next month, but the latest I will be bringing it back will be November. So between October and November, I will be bringing that back, and I will be I, I will definitely keep everybody posted on that as well. Um, I also <laughs> I also have a feature show that I'm going to be doing as well. So um, mm-hmm. I will be looking for for features. Actually, um, I'm I'm taking uh, I'm I'm taking candidate now for that, so I can get everything set up in a good amount of time. Um, that will start in November. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow, excellent. Well, we will that, be in contact with you for sure because we definitely want to schedule you in for our 2016 between January and March. We're going to try and get you, yes. And we usually do our um, interviews from 8 till 9, so in case you can't stay on later, uh, that would be the time frame we're talking about from 8 to 9 to have you on. Okay. That will definitely work. Just keep me posted. Let me know because I I would definitely love to make sure I make sure I I clear my schedule for for that night. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, thank you. Thanks for showing the love and support. Um, Mr. Boston is, you know, on his job, so he had to do a shift real quick and then he'll be back. But he was delighted to see you had called in as well to show him love and support. He was the feature artist for tonight. And, I heard. Um, yes. Yeah. Shout out to him. <laughs> yes, and of course you heard Lady of Love, Queen Poetress, Madam Lois Shaw did a collab right. with him. Yes, indeed. Okay. So I will be sharing the archive <laughs> link for tonight's show um, sometime tomorrow so you'll get to hear all of what you missed earlier on while the show Definitely. is on. Okay? And thanks Definitely. so much. Thanks for stopping by. Always. We love always. you. You know, if, even when I'm not here physically, you know, I'm, I'm always there you know, in, in, in spirit. So I I'm know always sending so my real. love, always. <laughs> yes, indeed. Awesome. I feel that. 
Thank you again. Thanks so much. Okay, well, Queen Zipporah, this is your hour with the publishing tips. And if you have um, anything that you want to share, if you have a piece you want to share with everyone before you go into the uh, references that you have, uh, feel free to. And um, for everyone that called into the show, if you have any questions in reference to writing and how to establish yourself as a published author or a published poet, um, this is now the time that you can uh, raise your hand in a caller queue. You would just press the star key and then the number 8, and we'll see your hand is raised. And feel free to ask your questions. And um, Queen Zipporah facilitates during this hour, so you will be hearing from her. Welcome to the mic, Queen Zipporah, co-host of the Exceptional School Show. All right. Thank you, Queen Francine. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. It's a pleasure, of course, always to have this time where we can really get intimate with our listening audience and find out what's on their mind, what questions there are that they may have, what they need answers to, to help them to advance to the next level in regards to their literary artist pursuits. So we're interested and inclined to hearing all of what you have to share tonight on the platform. And maybe you may even have some questions for us as well. You know, it's not just about us. It's not just about us getting our questions answered. You may have some questions. You may want to present uh, some pieces and want to get some responsive feedback. So, you know, you take full advantage of this hour just as well as we do. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Queen Fran. You're welcome. Right. Now, my uh, writing tip for tonight is when writing a series, keep a separate list of things that you can't remember about it and want to use them in each novel. Please repeat that for us, and thank you. All right, sure. When writing a series, Keep a separate list of things that you can't remember about it and want to use them in each novel. Mm, That's interesting. So write a list of things that you can't remember. Right. Uh, I'll give an example. With my own writing, there is urban fantasy, and so there is a list of magics that, you know, the villain has, and since I can't like really I can't remember all of them, so what I have to do is just, you know, print out or write down, you know, the magics and so then I can just refer to them, you know, for each time I write the novel and then I can pick and choose the ones that he uses. Mm. Mhm. That's very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Especially to an author who has composed a manuscript, and they need to compose a query letter, and they need to know how to go about it in a way that will prove beneficial for them. Um, so many times it's what we're not saying, mm-hmm. as which uh, results in rejections mm-hmm. when we want to have a manuscript considered for publishing. So um, what I would like to say to you is, um, can you give us some advice as for being a person writing a query for the first time? 
how they should go about doing that. All right. Well, what I learned on the writing tutorial from writersdigest.com is when you're starting a query letter, well, you know what? I'm going to use both. I'm going to use from the Writer's Digest tutorial and then from my own, you know, discovery. So I start my own discovery first. I said, when you write, you know, your query and you address it as, you know, their, you know, agent's first to last name, unless, you know, he or she has a title such as Mr. or Ms. MRS or MS. Mm-hmm. All right, so I start off with, I am seeking representation for, and I put, the title of my manuscript, and and I wrote my simultaneous submission, word count completed, you know, the audience, whether it's middle grade or adult, you know, and then I put what the the genre is, you know, like thriller, mystery, you know, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you can, you know, tell more about, you know, what stages, like if you're, it's simultaneous submission, so you know that, you know, you're sending it off, you know, to different people at the same time. And what I've done was that I had put in, you know, information about sending it off to, you know, the publishers that, you know, take unsolicited, which means unagented manuscripts. And in the next sentence, you know, underneath that, I told why I am submitting to the agent. I wrote, I think you'd be a great agent for my work because, and then I write, you know, something that's connected to the manuscript. Now, here's where the writer's digest tutorial comes in, you know, such as, you know, I read on your, you know, read that you're, here's an example from it, is that I read that you're looking for more middle grade fiction on, in your interview with, you know, the such and such, you know, magazine, et cetera. And the tutorial said that or if uh, the agent says something that you like. Now, from what I've experienced, not experienced, but what I found that I'm looking for is that I'm telling the agent why I'm submitting to him or her, not just because they represent my genre, but also how the agency helps authors get published. So for me, those are the two important things about why I'm sending out my work. Very well, very well. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Just to give you feedback, uh, Mother Witt said in reference to the list, Mm -hmm. creating that list of things that you don't remember, she said that's even good for characters in a short story. Yes. Yes, that's a good viewpoint. I'm learning from it because with the short story, you know, even though it's short, but, you know, if there's a lot of, you know, action going on and you can't remember who said or did what, so it's good to write it down. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And we have some feedback from Poetic Pleasures. Um, they are uh, stating the following. I have gained so much from this show as well, and we'll be back for future shows. And they said thank you. So I just want you to know, Queen Zipporah, you are much appreciated, and you're helping us all. We, you know, there's always more growth. There's always room for more growth. And yeah. it's good to have this forum or this platform where artists, we all can come together, and we can just kind of um, 
vibe and bounce off of each other and share. And through the sharing, we're learning from each other, cooperative learning, uh, peer support. We're learning from each other the things that we should know so that we can get better and become better at what we love doing. So thank you. This is really good. Yes, you're welcome. All right, so now I'm going to continue on with um, these two articles. All right, the first one is titled Mythic Scribes, the Art of Fantasy Storytelling. Mm. Yes, and it's five, It's called Five Keys to Writing Craptastic Fantasy by Antonio Del Draco. So you just type in the website, Five Keys, to writing craptastic fantasy, and the article will come up. All right, so the article continues. So you want to write a really bad fantasy novel, eh? You've come to the right place. After years of practice, I've mastered five ancient techniques for writing shitty fantasy. These methods were pioneered by the elves of the Ethereal Empire during the reign of Xerxian Rapstor, the Swordbreaker, in the 12th age, so you know they're good. Just read on and you'll be writing the Ishtar of fantasy novels in no time. Mm. One, write cliched characters. A story is only as strong as its characters, so they need to be especially lame. First of all, you want to keep your characters as one-dimensional as possible. So one-dimensional, in fact, that no one ever questions their motivation unless they do something out of character in order to advance the plot, which is fine. Fall back on stereotypes. Your doors should be drunk and your heroes should be naive and inexperienced. When writing your villain. Be sure that he is motivated by a simple desire to be evil. Have him sneer a lot while abusing his henchmen. Two, craft a predictable plot. Certain things need to happen in your novel. The world must be in danger of destruction and your hero must go on a quest to save it. At some point, you will introduce comical sidekicks as well as a wise old mentor. Be sure to kill off the old fellow near the book's midpoint, though, so that your hero feels lost and forlorn. If your hero has loved ones, they should be captured by the villain. There must be no surprises. Readers of shitty fantasy expect the plot to follow a tired old formula and become grumpy when it diverges in unexpected directions. The secret is to read as many fantasy novels as possible and to look for patterns in the storytelling and copy them slavishly while eschewing originality. Three, describe everything. Leave nothing to the imagination. Whenever you introduce a new character, spend pages describing his appearance and mannerisms. If your character visits a new locale, describe the terrain and flora in excruciating detail. Since fantasy novels often take place in the imaginary world, you run the risk of the reader developing her own mental images. Don't let this happen. Instead, keep hammering her with descriptive text so that she envisions the world the right way, which is your way. 
including lengthy descriptions also has an added benefit. It makes your book bigger, and as we know, bigger is always better. Now, I disagree with number three because it is the quality on the book's pages that makes it successful and not the length. Four, pile on the exposition. Your world has a rich history, and your reader needs to learn it, all of it. Therefore, it is crucial that you never miss an opportunity to explain the backstory of your world. You've spent years or even decades developing lore, so don't leave anything out. A classic way to achieve this is by opening your novel with a lengthy prologue. Use this as an opportunity to summarize the last 2,000 years of history and to explain the origins of the present conflict. The prologue itself should feel less like a story and more like an info dump. Both you and your readers will feel better after a big dump. And five, be inconsistent. You can have fun with this one. Spend much of your novel establishing a magic system that is governed by rules. Hammer home that your world functions according to specific unalterable laws. And then at the height of your novel's climax, inexplicably break these rules in order to resolve the story. This is a great way to alienate your readers. You trick them into trusting you and then expose them as the suckers that they are. It's your world after all, and you can do whatever the hell you want with it. The ancient Greeks developed a storytelling device that does this beautifully. They called it Do Ex Machina. It involves introducing a new plot development at the last minute that rescues the hero from an impossible situation. The best sort of do ex machina will defy the internal logic of the story. This is a classic way to bring about a happy ending while simultaneously violating the trust of your readers. What's your secret? So there you have it. These are my tried and true methods for writing a terrible fantasy novel. If you follow these techniques religiously, you'll be able to craft a tale that rivals the, the quality of Battlefield Earth film version. Have you discovered any techniques for writing a bad novel? If so, share them with us. We can all benefit from learning new ways to suck. The end. Awesome. Wow. Mm. Information is so very relevant to the nation. If we want to stay vital to society, we've got to stay informed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to ask right now, because it looks like we still have a Lady of Love with us, and I'm going to ask if she may have a question for Queen Zipporah. Lady of Love, welcome back to the mic. Okay, I'm not sure if they're muted. Uh, okay, we have a caller from Florida. Caller from Florida. Welcome. You are up to the mic. It's your turn to speak if you're available. And if you would like to speak, please give us your name. Okay. They may have muted themselves and they might not be aware they're muted. Okay, for anyone that would like to ask a question, follow 
follow the following instructions. You need to press the star key on the phone keypad and then press number 8. So the first key to press is the star key, the key with the asterisk. And then the second key to press is the number 8. And we will see your hand raised in the caller queue. When we see your hand raised, we will invite you to speak. If you are not a member of TalkShoe, we will see the state which you are calling from, and we'll acknowledge you by your state's name. However, if you are a member of TalkShoe, we will see your name show up, and we will acknowledge you by your PIN name. Okay? All right. Well, Queen Zipporah, mm-hmm. the information that you shared tonight, I think it's so very relevant because a lot of people think that in order to become a published author, all you need to do is just write something. Write something that you're passionate about. Write something mm-hmm. that's interesting to you. Write something that you did study and research on. And they figure after they've done that, they have a manuscript, right? And then they find someone that they trust to proofread it. And they have them to proofread it. And then after it's proofread and they know that the grammar is accurate or the grammar is uh, well declared and there's no errors in it as for the grammatical structure, then they feel, I'm ready now. All I need to do now is find a publisher. But they don't know about that piece regarding writing a query, writing a query letter. So Mm -hmm. can you touch on that piece because that is so significant, but mm-hmm. not everyone is aware of that. They don't know that part. Right. All right, yes. Writing a query letter seems to be a really big challenge, as I had discovered from my own experiences. Mm-hmm. And so from writersdigest.com, you know, I'm back to that tutorial. <clears throat> and when you start telling what your summary is about, now the rule is a three-sentence summary. But on the uh, the tutorial, it's supposed to be at least seven to eight you know, sentences, you know, what uh, the story is about. So basically, you just want to tell, you know, about just the important points, you know, to the story. Now, what I did for mine is that I had, you know, did some added some more changes to it, and I wrote mine like you would the uh, the summary of the book on the back cover or the inside cover. Hmm. And as I wrote it, I realized that this is the correct, you know, form of how, you know, I should tell what my story is about. And I included, you know, the main characters, and I also told the differences, you know, of the story. And that's something that there are some agents they'll ask, you know, they'll give, you, they'll tell you tips on their website, such as, you know, what makes the story, you know, what makes your story different from what's on the market, or you know, compare your story to some other books that's there. Now, there's already some other books that are, you know, in the market. Now, with mine, it's a mixture of different stories, mine a manuscript. And so the closest thing that's connected, you know, that's comparable to my story is Percy Jackson and the Olympian series. But I always look at it as for, you know, the adult version. Is because Percy Jackson has, you know, Greek mythology, and my novel is urban fantasy crossed over with mythology. 
that I, you know, made up, you know, and it's uh, North American mythology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, excellent. Thank you. Um, that's, and, uh, go ahead. that's an eye-opener for, I'm sure, a lot of people, you know, just that comparison you just gave um, using your urban fantasy in comparison with um, urban fiction mm-hmm. and mythology and and comparing um that was Percy yeah Percy Jackson and the Olympian theory right Percy Jackson Olympian theory comparing that work that literary work with yours and showing the comparison the contrast it's so important that we can do that you know um a lot of times we are um writing what Ever the genre is of our interest, but when we can make connections and compare and contrast and give an educated analysis on literary works, that is so helpful when you're referring to a literary community because people can identify better with what they are already familiar with and to be able to make connections is relevant. That's how things are retained. Knowledge is retained. And information can continue to be conveyed from one individual to another. And then it goes on and it carries on because when people can make a connection with a piece, then they can better regard that piece for its significance and give information on how it's relevant to everybody. And that's what we want. We don't want someone just to pick up a book that we wrote and say, oh, this is a good read and put it back down. We want them to be able to make a connection and say, wow, this reminds me of this. And I read that. And this is so parallel to this. And I'm doing this now. And that piece I can identify with because what I'm doing they did, but maybe a different twist on it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something not just the same way as mine, but I can see what they're saying and identify with it. It's understood by me, and I, in turn, can transfer this knowledge to someone else, and it can be transmitted on. See, we don't want it to just be a book on a shelf that's a good book. A lot of people have those in their homes. And when you can't really connect or there's, you're not able to really efficiently make a connection with what you're reading, it just becomes another book on the shelf mm-hmm. that's going to collect dust. And then you may think on it and refer to it and be like, oh, yeah, like this book, but it's not going to be like something you're going to pull out off the shelf, wipe the dust off, wipe the cobwebs off, <laughs> and say, now I'm ready to revisit this because you know what? What it said, I know it was relevant to me then, and I know it's going to be relevant to me even more now because I've done some more research on this. I've done some more readings on that subject. So we want to build on our experience, our knowledge base. We want to enhance it further, expand, and broaden it. So we need to Keep that in mind when we're writing and reading literature. If it is relevant, if you make that connection as you're reading, then you know someone else will, and that knowledge will be 
transmitted on to the next generation efficiently. Yeah. And uh, Queen Fran is a queen before, and I'd like to comment when you said about, you know, not the transmitted information, but, you know, reading from the different viewpoints. And I had already, mm-hmm. and I had said this before, that you know, when you read a book, you can spot, you know, the original work. Mm, that's right. That yeah, is read, so true. Yeah, you read carefully. I mean, there's something, it was different from what I just said, but it was on its order, you know, you can read the book, but you just, you know, read carefully, and you'll spot that original work, and then you can see what that writer, you know, how that writer has, you know, connected it in his own work. So his own work. true. So mm-hmm. true. And I just want to share, um, for those that are familiar with Mayat Principles, um, a lot of people that read the Ten Commandments were able to make the connection. And I said, well, you know, there is a connection to be made because according to the um, biblical account and the his- history documented, Moses grew up in the palace of Pharaoh. The Mayat principles were declared before the Ten Commandments were written. So you can always find in every era, in every uh, great sacred text or literary writing how a piece was born out of another. Like there's always the parent or the root, and then you see all the branches that shoot out from that. And I just think that that's so awesome how you can study and research even the Bible and find, oh, wow, there's a connection here um, with the Greek myths and the Mount Olympus mm-hmm. and the different various gods and, and what powers that each one demonstrated. And you find these different, like someone was um, showing me like each disciple, even with different um, phases of the sun. I mean, it's just so many different connections you can make, but you have to be first exposed. Um, I don't think that in this generation we're promoting the need to read more enough. I don't think that message is really resounding in today's generation, like it did resound in the generations before this generation. And I think that in order to master any form of literary art, whether it be poetry, um, whatever form of literary art that one does cherish, you've got to first become passionate about reading. That's the beginning it is fundamental. That's the root. And then when it when you've embraced a love and a passion for literacy, starting there and and identifying, you know, with language and and the different symbols of language, uh, what characters uh make certain sounds and so forth, it's it's all the the very foundation for becoming 
proficient in regards to your literacy skills. And it takes time. It's something you have to discipline yourself to doing. Um, Mother Witt has a question. She's asking about a literary agent. Is it necessary to have one? Well, it depends. You know, I'd say yes and no. Now, I'm going to tell what author Dean Koontz had told me, wrote to me, is they said a author, like a first-time author, must have, you know, a literary agent. And Jeffrey Deaver, another veteran author, had said that, you know, with a literary agent, they can get the authors the things that they need, you know, for their career. Like, for example, they can negotiate rights. And he was saying how these different rights that are sold make up a large portion of a writer's income and would be very hard for a writer to negotiate on his or her own. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then there's also self-publishing where the author, you know, does everything, you know, himself or herself, you know, out of pocket. And the third way of getting a literary agent is if you go to an editor at a, you know, submit to an editor at an unsolicited publisher. Unsolicited means unagented, you know, writers. And and Rice had told me this, that editors can find agents for writers so that they can continue to write while the agent does the legwork. Hmm. All very, very, very good information here. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, You're welcome. And Mother Witt, I do hope that you... Oh, she said, wow, thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. And uh, Mother Witt, I just want to say a word of warning when you you know read about these agents. If they ask for money up front, flee quickly because they are scammers and literary agents make money when authors do. They get their permission, they get their cut, and just like you do. And so they have no business asking you for any fees up front. Okay. Very good. Do you have any, uh, maybe a reference online link that you could share with our listening audience where they can go to and look up legitimate um, literary agents? Well, let's see. There's writersdigest.com, and it has, you know, the information that's needed. So if you go to just writersdigest.com, and then you click on the button, I recall, it's called writing the writing by the goal, and it should be like a guide to literary agents. And the second one is, let's see, another guy is called Predators and Editors. The Predators spelled P-R-E-D-I-T-O-R-S and Editors. There's two, you know, three different words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the final one I can think of is agency database. So you would click go to literary rejection, and then you go down to the agency database, and you'll find you know global agents, 
know, from the U.S. to Brazil. That's good information. Thank you. Yes, I had to do my research. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Very good, very good. Um, Now, in regards to someone, um, they got burnt. Mm-hmm. We'll just use an example here. They were burnt. They trusted a literary agent, and uh, they never became published. Mm-hmm. And they didn't give them their money. However, they gave them the story plot. All right, so they gave them the story plot. So what happened to the manuscript? The manuscript, they kept, they didn't give the manuscript, but they gave the plot away. Was that a wise decision made? All right, so... All right, so the author, the writer didn't give the manuscript, but they just told the plot, you know, to the scam agent? Right, they shared the plot. And, right. and the agent asked them if they could give them just a few lines of what the story's plot was and, and even character description. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that plot belong, still belongs to the author because it's copyrighted the minute it's put to paper. Now, did that author have the original copy of their plot? Yes, they do. All right, then they're fine. As long as they keep their plot, uh, the copy that they sent to that scam agent, as long as it's the same that the author has, then they're fine. Okay, and one of the things, key things I heard you state tonight on this panel was that a scam agent is going to ask you for money up front, and that's right. the red flag, correct? Right, wait, repeat that in a question again. Um, it, a scam agent that they will ask you for money up front, mm-hmm. and yeah. that is a red flag, correct? Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another thing, too, is that, you know, they'll eat what they're supposed to do because, like, with my own experience, is that they'll, what agents are supposed to do is to read your manuscript and then tell you yes or no, or if they ask for, you know, the first three chapters, they won't have you, you know, just going, you know, do this and do that, and I want you to do this for me. In other words, picking apart your manuscript right. you know, for their own satisfaction, and that's why that's another red flag. Oh, okay. So when they start dissecting yeah. your work, that's mm-hmm. a red flag. You should be cautious. You should beware of that. Right. And another thing, too, regarding about the plot is that I read this, that agents, you know, you have to worry about agents doing your work. It's other writers that do. Oh, okay. I hear that. So it's not the agents that are the initial thieves, per se, but it's mm-hmm. other writers. Right. And see, the agents become the initial thieves is when they ask you for money up front and then oh, okay. trying to, yes, or trying to control, yeah, control your manuscript for their own satisfaction is because they like it so well, but they would they try to be an uninvited co-author. Mm, uninvited co-authors. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, thank you. Um, we have a question. Mother Witt has another question. Uh, she says, should you get the most popular agents or get a referral from someone trusted? 
Well, that answer is a, it works in two ways. Now, as far as a popular agent, it's also known as a reputable agent, so someone that's well-known. And what you want to look at is making sure that that reputable agent is taking, you know, new clients. And I would advise, you know, calling or, or emailing, you know, these agents to make sure that they're open to manuscripts because there are agencies that do not update their website and then when you submit to them and you get a total different story. And so the best thing to do is to call and make sure that that information is still the same or has it changed that's on the website. Hmm. Okay. Very, very, very good information. Yes, we do need to make sure that uh, the information on the website is current to date, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, make certain to do that. It's so very important. Uh, we know places of business can relocate within a year, uh, sometimes within six months. Um, also, websites can crash, yeah. and websites can um, be disabled or accounts ended, and then there's a new website for that business. So you want to stay current with the contact information. You want to know that the uh, business phone as well is still, um, you have the most current uh, phone contact information as well. Um, the address, of course, you need to know the online and the uh, physical address for mail yes. is uh, current to date. So definitely do that part as for research. And um, uh, once you have that, then you can move forward in terms of your correspondence and just make sure you're clear and concise in, in what you're uh, asking for them to tell you. Uh, remember, customer satisfaction is supposed to be the governing rule, so they are to service your need. It's not that you ask them what do they want you to do for them, but it's a thing of, they are to service your needs in asking you, why are you reaching out to us? And what what is your purpose? Mm-hmm. And you have to be clear and concise in your response. Yes, and uh, Queen Friends, before, I also like to add about, you know, with the, the, change, the changes that are made on agencies' websites is that with my own experience, <laughs> there was, there was, I think a few agents that I had submitted to, and what they did, I went to their website when I hadn't heard from it, and it uh, turns out they had left their agency, and they formed a new one you know, mm-hmm. together with some other agents. And at least one of them was nice enough to when I went to her website and told me what the new address was. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and when I had went to the website, and they had posted up, you know, they had moved, she had moved to, and uh, what the new address, excuse me. Yeah, but it can be, you know, a headache when you have to do your work and somebody else's too. <laughs> yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Even though this is the the era of uh, the way, you know, technology is advanced in this era. And, you know, we have a lot more usage of advanced technology today than, of course, we had in the past. There's still a group within 
today's world that are low-tech and some even no-tech. So you have a group that are the high-tech group, and they're highly tech-savvy, and then you have the low-tech group where mm-hmm. they have very minimal knowledge, minimal knowledge when it comes to technology and its use in terms of the Internet and social media. They, you know, they pretty much disregard it. They, sometimes people are fearful of what they don't understand. So when you don't take out the time to really understand a thing, then you will kind of uh, steer clear of it yeah. because to you it's an anomaly. You don't find it very warm and inviting. You're afraid of it. And then you hear so much negativity today about um, identity theft, the uh, um, the Internet and hackers hacking into your email yeah. account and your um, social media account and so forth. So a lot of people are afraid. You have a yeah. lot of people that, due to fear, they won't take that initiative and become acquainted with advanced technology and, and discover its benefits because there are many. Yes, and you know, we in Queen Francis and Queens of Poor we have these hackers to thank for it. Now repeat that for for me please. I said we have these hackers to thank for it, you know, from barring people <laughs> from using technology correctly. <laughs> that's too that's so true. So very true. And um we gotta guard ourselves though, you know, the spyware, anti spyware, um uh, get the virus protection. Get uh, remember to upgrade your software, virus protection software, um, anti-spyware software. A lot of times, it's the maintenance. When we don't stay on top of things with the maintenance part, that's when we will experience a lot of the downside of the internet age. Yes. Yeah. Yes, your computer will break down if it's not mm-hmm. properly maintained. Right. <laughs> yeah. You can I burn. You. Yes, mm-hmm. you can. I experienced that. In my earlier years of uh, my experiences of being acquainted with um, technology, I did. I did some very foolish things. And I, I can remember when I did not stay on top of things in regards to the maintenance part. That's mm-hmm. when I started having a lot of perils in terms of my online experiences and computer experiences. So, you know, some things we can prevent. And then, um, like, uh, I think it's Best Buy, they have geeks on squad. Yeah. If you're not as tech savvy, maybe you are low tech. Mm -hmm. In regards to your cyber knowledge and cyber technology experiences. So, you would refer to the experts. Mm-hmm. Geeks on Squad, they're available to you. Um, there's a fee you would pay, of course, for their services, but it's well worth it. And any issues that you have with your computer, they darn sure know how to resolve it. Mm-hmm. You won't have to wreck your brain <laughs> mm-hmm. and grow a, a fresh patch of gray on your <laughs> head because <laughs> you're trying to understand something that you do. I mean, hey, we're not all wired alike. Some people, mm-hmm. they're just born when it comes to computers. They're born computer wizards. 
um, anything that you post to them as a child, they can master it and acquire mastery of it with little to no effort. Mm-hmm. You know, some of us are gifted in that, but not everybody. And, look, I don't have a problem. I have called technical support. I've been on the phone for over an hour talking mm-hmm. with somebody from India that I could hardly understand. But I say after the first 15 minutes, I was no longer saying to them, um, is there an, someone who can speak fluent English available mm-hmm. to assist me? I was able to understand them, and we kind of established a rapport. So sometimes it's just a matter of, having a willing mind to learn from someone else. And you can kind of cross the language barrier in mm-hmm. a sense, you know, if you're willing. But um, to some of us, it is, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great challenge. So I would suggest that you find out, you know, sometimes we have someone in our own communities. We don't, a lot of times we're not as connected with our neighbors as we should be. And you can find out you might have someone that's an IT specialist that lives right across the street, down the street. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or three doors over. Wow. You mean to tell me I was getting ready to go across town to Best Buy where they would have charged you the overhead price mm-hmm. and a sitting fee, <laughs> you know, where you could just go to your neighbor, Jim or Mary or John or Sue, and they would be more than happy to not only fix or repair what's wrong with your computer, but show you how you can better maintain it so you don't have that issue again. So sometimes it's because we don't reach out. We don't, like I remember hearing that saying, it's an old wise fable, um, a closed mouth never gets fed. Yeah, closed mouths don't get fed, yeah. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. if you don't, Sometimes it's just a matter of you saying, you know what, I'm having this issue with my computer. You don't know who's in that room with you. There could be a computer technician in that room, a computer analyst. Really, you are? Oh, here's here's my card. Mm-hmm. You know, tell me a little about what your problem is. You know, just like with cars, I found the same thing out. And I was one of those nosy kids. I remember my dad would be under the hood, in the hood. I was all looking, and I just didn't like getting messy because I was too a girly girl. So I didn't like getting messy. So I wasn't like putting my hands in there and getting all greased up and stuff with them. But mm-hmm. I wanted to see. So I was able to identify, even though I didn't really hands-on repair those things, I could identify and say, oh, that's that part, that's that sound. Because I, mm-hmm. you know, just having that, listening ear and interest and wanting to know, well, what's going on here and, you know, what is that called? And, you know, asking questions, sometimes just asking questions, like what we're doing tonight, asking Queen Zipporah questions. We're acquiring the information we need that will advance us forward in our literary pursuits. So I just want to encourage all the listening audience, um, come prepared every week. Get your questions written down. This weekend. So when you come back to the show on next Tuesday, you have a list of questions ready for Queens of Poor. I mean, you, you, you got maybe a whole page full, 25 questions. And she's going to be ready. I'm telling you what I know. She was born ready for this. She's going to be ready. And what information she may lack, we will find that information out because we work as a team on this panel 
And I do want to say, Queen Zippor, you have given us so many very useful tools from the very start when we started having the free publishing tips hour to now, and I've never been disappointed. I've had so many people to inbox message me or in the chat room to uh, give commentary to let me know that you definitely are an asset to this panel, and you are providing us with the accurate information, what we need to advance forward. So I want to encourage you to continue in your efforts because um, I know you're in the you're in the library. You're our librarian on this platform. <laughs> you're constantly in the librarian, mm-hmm. making sure this information fits and it's right and it's it's good information. Mm-hmm. It's a good resource for our listening audience, and that's what's appreciated. Because, like I I would tell anyone, there's a seminar and there's a workshop all over town for writers all year long. However, you're not going to get that personal touch and one-on-one like you will get coming to this platform. They're going to give you information or they're just going to hand to you a whole lot of literature to read. Mm-hmm. Not even considering that some people are intimidated by a whole lot of words. It's not that they can't read, but the less text you provide them with, the better and and when you can show and demonstrate, give them a mock sample of a work, they can grasp that and run with it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not all of our, you know, each one of us has a different learning style. Yeah. And it's so important that all of, I read about, you know, the multiple intelligence theory um, and how it's so important. We're not all wired the same. Mm-hmm. You know, some of us are more auditory in terms of our learning style. Some are more visual. Some are 50-50. Some are more um, uh, kinesthetic. you got to have music. you gotta have, you got to have them doing it, moving and doing it. They can't just be lectured to grasp and to understand. So it's a matter of knowing that, yes, you want to be able to teach all style learners mm-hmm. so you can't be biased to do that. Right. And as it was brought out, I think Ms. Kathy Lee mentioned it about both sides of the brain. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the left and then you have the right hemisphere and how we've got to make certain that we're having all of our brain potential and function. We need to use the right and the left. And there are certain activities that are geared uh, to both sides, and we should be actively engaging in those activities every day. Yes, and uh, Queen Fran, this is Queen Zippor. And I'd like to also, you know, comment on the caller who was asking about this concern about you know, their plot being stolen from the agent that they sent. As mm-hmm. long as they, you know, did not send them the manuscript, then they're fine because that plot, because the agent does not know what the story is about because he has not read it. Mm. Mm. I am very, very delighted to hear you say that. Mm-hmm. I always... Say every writer conceals 
a part mm-hmm. of their story. They're not going to tell it all. Right. Because they know if they do that, why would you even bother mm-hmm. to read it for yourself or to see it for yourself when it's on the silver screen? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, you got to keep something. You have to have the element of mystery mm-hmm. where it's something that you don't tell. Right. You got to keep so- something secret. <laughs> yeah, and that's what, you know, Queen Francis, Queen Sakura, and that's what, you know, some agents will say, you know, well, not agents, but it is say, you know, don't tell, you know, all the story. Mm-hmm. You know, just tell enough, you know, to interest the reader, and it'll make them want to, you know, read the rest of, um, read the, the rest of the story for themselves. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. we got to keep something. Something has to stay hidden in mm-hmm. order for someone to stay interested. You know, just like I've heard it said so many times, the guys, when they are um, looking for a lady of interest, they don't want someone that's going to just let it all hang out, per se. They want someone that's going to leave something to their imagination, you know, they want us to want her to keep them guessing. That's what keeps them interested. But if she's just telling all by way of speech, dress, and a whole lot of other things, <laughs> they're going to be interested for that moment, and then something else is going to turn their head. So we've got to always keep our audience interested. Mm-hmm. Keep them coming back for more. Give them just enough to alert them, mm-hmm. to engage their mind. And then we got them. Mm-hmm. It's like that Venus fly trap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you want to know you got them. Boom. They ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just some keys, listening audience. We're hoping that you're, of course, writing these things down and committing them to memory because it's only going to help improve to be helpful for you as you continue to move ahead in your literary art pursuits. Yeah. And Queen Fran. I also like to add, in addition to the query letter, agents will ask for synopsis. Now, a synopsis is the summary of the book. You know, it can okay. be one page or two page. And for my own synopsis, it was one and a quarter of a page because the second page was just, uh, I would say it was like, you know, you're just a quarter. It wasn't like halfway. But... What I've done was say I was looking at it, and then I had to add some more. So the synopsis is more detailed mm-hmm. because it's telling, you know, the points of the story from A to Z, the important parts. Then you don't have to, like, put the backstory in. And what I've done was there I've added. There was I was reading over it, and I said, you know what, there was a couple of things that I saw that needed to be put in there because it was connected. So basically the synopsis is about, you know, like, the who, like how it happened, and you know what happened. Mm. Mm-hmm. How it happened and what happened. 
Mm-hmm. Very crucial elements of a story. Mm-hmm. And I think of like a mystery novel. Mm-hmm. It's the whodunit. Yeah. You know, you get right, you know, cut through the chase. But when you have your fiction pieces, it's more um, how it was done, mm-hmm. when it was done. You know, it's it's a different approach to it. Right. It's not just about who did it, but it's how they did it. Yeah. And I and guess some, some mystery novels is the same. It's how they did it, not just who did it. Yeah. And when it happened, was it at night? Mm-hmm. Was it right after breakfast or brunch? <laughs> what, you know, after the laundry was done? You know, it's like, <laughs> woo, when? <laughs> yeah. And it was also, too, is that even the agents on the website don't say about for the synopsis, don't, don't tease us and give us a blurb. You know, we want to know what happens. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Don't spare us the details. Sometimes we want to know the details. Mm-hmm. And then it's sometimes we don't. You know, with some thrillers, it's like, oh, uh, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, to each his own, different strokes yeah. for different folks. Right. All right. And now, Queen Friends, Queen Support. And I just want to read the second, you know, article, and then I'm going to sign off. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So the second article is called Write What You Want to Write by Dawn Copeman. I home educate my seven-year-old daughter. Last week, I gave her a creative writing task to do. It was a national curriculum-approved task. She had to choose her characters from a set list and then make up a story, hopefully using some adjectives and adverbs to bring the story to life. I know that in real creative writing, we are told not to do this, but to use strong verbs instead. But for some reason, adjectives and adverbs are very important when teaching creative writing to the young. Personally, I cheat. I taught her what adverbs and adjectives are. Heck, we're covering them in her French and Latin lessons before her creative writing. I've just taught her to be specific, strong verbs and precise nouns. If more of us were taught like this in the first place, we wouldn't have to undo years of schooling to learn how to write like a professional. Sorry, that's my personal gripe out of the way. So back to the task. Now, I must admit that I thought this task would be easy for her. She has already written and illustrated several of her own books, Superbot, The Adventures of Ellie and Her Friends, and The Unforgettable Girl with a Parky Bottom, as well as producing a monthly magazine she calls we try, so W-I-I. This is a health and fitness magazine full of exercises, healthy tips, and occasionally poems scrawled in pencil on my copy paper then stapled together, often with competitions in which you can win a copy of one of her books. She's already picked up some good PR skills. I was somewhat amazed then when after looking at her blank page for 10 minutes, She put down her pencil and said, I can't do this. Why, I asked, because I can't think of anything to write. Well, I don't know about you, but I recognize that feeling. It's happened to us all at some point. 
We are given an article or see a contest theme or a call for submission, and when we try to write, we find that the words won't come. And nine times out of ten, it's because really in our heart, in our heart of hearts, we don't want to do this particular sort of writing or know that we're not ready for it yet. Sometimes we can't find the words because we need to learn more about our craft before we attempt this type of writing. At other times, however, it's because we've already done this type of stuff hundreds of times before, and quite frankly, we're getting sick and tired of it. One time out of ten, however, it's simply a case of, quote, we can't be bothered, end quote. That's easily fixed by applying butt to chair and staying there until the work is done. And admit it, we've all had those days too. But whenever the words don't come, it's a matter of concern. When we are writing as we could and should be writing, it is enjoyable. Challenging, yes, but it feels so good that you just can't get enough. When writing isn't like that, when we can't think of anything to write, it means that something is wrong and we owe it to ourselves to take the time to find out why. Ask yourself, is it just lack of willing? If so, sit in chair and type until it's done. Is it boredom? Finish this piece and start looking for ways to branch out into other areas. Is it fear? If so, recognize the fear and work with it. Nothing is so scary or could be as scary as submitting that first ever query. You were scared then, you got over it, and now you're a writer. When we feel fear, we can either acknowledge it and work with it or run away and try again another day. At some point, however, we need to take our writing to the next level. Yes, it's scary, but as I've said before, if we don't constantly stretch ourselves, we will stagnate. Finally, it could be that this particular type of writing is not your cup of tea. In that case, walk away and write what you want to write. Some will argue that this is no way to become a professional writer. But if you are struggling to fill the page, then chances are what you are producing isn't that good. If, however, you enjoy what you are writing, then by a careful study of the market, you may find outlets for the writing you love and then gradually expand your writing topics. Remember, unlike creative writing tasks set for seven-year-olds, writing is not a source of income, but it's supposed to be fun. And just like those creative writing tasks for school children, if you try and write something just because someone wants you to, but your heart isn't in it, mm. your words will sound flat and the reader will tell. So what did I do with my daughter? I bind the task and told her to write what she wanted. The result, a good story in less than 15 minutes. Now, if only I could write that fast. The end. <laughs> Copyright Excellent. 2009. You're welcome. Copyright 2009, Dawn Copeland. Okay. And that was Dawn, D-A-W-N? Yes, D-A-W-N. Land, correct? Cope Man, C-O-P-E-C like cat, O-P as in Paul, E as in Earl, man, M-A-N. So I have C-O-P-E, correct? Yes. M-A-N? Yes. And there's another copyright, copyright 2015 by Maura Allen, all rights reserved. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm sharing that text uh, mm-hmm. in the chat room. I want to make sure everyone can access the link for that book. And that was uh, Write What You Want to Write by Dawn Copeman, correct? And, yes. And the website, I'll, I'll post it up on Facebook, too. It's uh, HTTP colon four, two forward slashes triple W dot writing dash world dot com. Yes. You know, forward slash dawn forward slash want dot S. H T as in Todd, M as in Matt, L as in Larry. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much uh, for that information, mm-hmm. and I know it's going to prove very beneficial to everyone that does uh, look that up. Very useful information indeed on that web page. Yes, it is. And even though it's the same information that, you know, is often said, but, you know, it's true. It's because it's think about it's that. Because from my own experience, you know, with was urban fantasy that I'm writing, you know, I had tried to write a different, you know, genre. But when I tried, I couldn't continue with it. And when I came back to the urban fantasy, then my creativity continued to flow. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's so important. Mm-hmm. That's right, because we have to be in our element. We expect to thrive and to thrive at our fullest potential. We need to be in our element. So we need to discover um, what genre of writer we are. We need to know what our voice is in terms of our pen as mm-hmm. well. And it takes time and study and practice to learn those things. Yeah. And we can't judge ourselves by others. The worst mistake to make as a writer is to say, well, it works for him, so I'm going to be a blogger. Maybe you're not a blogger. You're a poet. (laughs) But if you're just going by what worked for George, then you'll never know it. Right, when then listening to other people, well, why don't you, you know, write this, you know, this, what you're writing is not, you know, working out for you. And then you mm-hmm. go and do what somebody says, and then you still can't continue it because you're following somebody else's instructions and not their own, and they don't, you know, they don't really, uh, what it is, they didn't give you, you know, the rest of the, you know, um, full direction. They just That's told right. you to write something, yeah, just write something different so it will sell. But they told you, you know, but they didn't tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell you how to do it, rather. That's key. That, that, that's the mistake that's mm-hmm. too often made. And we need not continue to make it. We need to be more conscientious as writers, scribes, uh, artists, of not making that mistake. Because mm-hmm. it's a mistake that we all too often will regret. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some mistake that you make that's all a part of the learning process. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to make them because you never came that way before. This is all new to you. Mm-hmm. But then there's those mistakes that we regret when we make them because we know they could have been avoided. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the backlash of having made that mistake 
is so very um, negative, we have to regroup mm-hmm. after the aftermath. And it may take us months. Some people, it may take years. And they'll say, mm-hmm. it. you know, I made a very stupid mistake some years ago, and it cost me a lot. And now um, I'm just now getting back to writing because it really devastated me. I mean, we don't want to hear horror stories like that, but they're real. Yeah. So, you know, when you know better, you do better, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> right. Yeah, and uh, Queen Fran, you're also going to cause a war when you, you know, find out you know, the information for yourself and confront the people with it. Because mm. it's something you are not supposed to do. That's true. And, uh, and then you scare them. Now, you're the scary person. That's true. Mm-hmm. That is so true. Um, it's sad, but it's true. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, okay. this is uh, Queen Sephora Thelman. You know, um, we were just talked on episode 75, An Exceptional Scribble, for Tuesday, September 15, 2015. And I'm signing off. And until next time, I want to wish everyone a pleasant good night. Thank you so much. And a pleasant good night's rest to you, Queen Zipporah Thelman. And thanks once again for all of the insightful information regarding publishing and free publishing tips as well that you provided for everyone tonight. And we look forward to next week and what you have for us to receive then. So then, thanks again. And we bid the Adieu. All right. Good night. Bye. Good night. Mm -hmm. And ladies and gentlemen, um, I just want to give you a little information to go on as for next week, what to expect. We are in for a treat on next Tuesday, which is September the 22nd. We will be honored by having with us a very special guest. I will not release the person's name at this time, but this very special guest, is a very significant person as for the Exceptional Scribble Show, and they have been on the panel for uh, a long time. And they are someone that we have not heard from in a while. So we're in for a treat next week. This very special lady and queen will be joining us. I'm not going to say her name because I want you to be surprised. Yes, I said it. I want to surprise you next week. I want you to literally come out your socks. I want to wow your socks off. And the only way I can do that is I got to keep this secret, and I mean it's hard. I've been trying my best to keep it a secret, um, keep it under wraps, and not say too much. It's not easy, especially when you're thrilled and you're excited about the guest that's coming on. And I'm sure you're going to feel the same way when I unveil who she is on next Tuesday. So don't miss out. You won't want to miss out. I'm telling you, you won't want to miss out. And I have a treat for the ending of tonight's show. Um, Our focus word phrase for tonight's show is life imitates art or art imitates life. Whichever way, whichever spin you want to put on that, phrase is a fact. But I have some other phrases that embody the essence and meaning of that phrase, so I want you to listen closely. This phrase is by Salvatore Quasimodo. Yes, I said it. Salvatore Quasimodo. The writer of 
stories or of novels, settles on men and imitates them. He exhausts the possibilities of his characters. I'm going to read that again. This quote is by Salvatore Quasimodo. The writer of stories or of novels settles on men and imitates them. He exhausts exhausts the possibilities of his characters. And the root word phrase is the following, art imitates life. Here's another quote, and this one is by Woody Allen. Life doesn't imitate art. It imitates bad television. (laughs) I'm going to repeat that. This is a quote by Woody Allen. Yes, the actor, award-winning actor. Um, This is the quote, again, in a nutshell. Life doesn't imitate art. It imitates bad television. Ooh-wee. Yeah, I hear the jeers in the background. Ooh. And I'm going to read another one. This one is by Bruce Willis. I like this one. Art imitates life, and sometimes life imitates art. It's a weird combination of elements. Hmm. Yeah, that raises an eyebrow, doesn't it? I like that one. Art imitates life, and sometimes life imitates art. It's a weird combination of elements, and that is a quote by Bruce Willis. And here's another one. This one is by Oscar Wilde. Life imitates art far more than art imitates life. Ooh, by Oscar Wilde. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Truly a true artist. Only a true artist could come up with that. I'm going to restate that quote because that's powerful and that's so, so accurate. Life imitates art far more than art imitates life. And that's by Oscar Wilde. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I like it. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. And here's another quote. Art is the most intense mode of individualism that the world has known. I repeat, art is the most intense mode of individualism that the world has known. That quote is by Oscar Wilde. Ooh-wee. That's one which you would call, you know, you had these great minds. He was definitely one of the sages of the ages. I'm going to give a little bio information about Oscar Wilde because I'm sure somebody wants to know a little more about him. He is well known for his wit, his flamboyance, and his imprisonment. Fewer Know that a trial turned upside down led to a perforated eardrum, which later led to his death. Oscar Fingo O. Flaherty Wills Wild was born on October 16th 
1854 in Dublin, Ireland. He was baptized in St. Mark's Church, Dublin, the local Anglican church. Wilde's father, Sir William Wilde, was Ireland's leading auto-ophthalmologic surgeon. Auto-ophthalmologic surgeon, meaning he treated ears and eyes. (laughs) He treated the poor for free and later founded an eye and ear hospital. He was knighted in 1864 for his services as a medical advisor and for serving as a census commissioner for Ireland. He also wrote books about Irish archaeology and peasant folklore. He had three children out of wedlock prior to his marriage with three different mothers. He acknowledged those children, but they were raised by other relatives. His mother, Jane L.G. Wilde, wrote poetry for the revolutionary young Irelanders under the pseudonym Speranza, which means hope in Italian. She was an authority in Celtic myths and folklore. She read young Irelanders' poems to her sons. And that's just a brief bio about Oscar Wilde. And there's some other information. Wilde had an audience with Pope Pius IX in Rome in 1877. Then he began the process of converting to Catholicism. However, his father threatened to cut off his funds if he did so on the day he was supposed to be baptized. He sent altar lilies in his place. In 1878, I tell you, that's so poetic. On the day he was supposed to be baptized, he sent altar lilies, the flower, oh my gosh, in his place. How poetic is that? In 1878, Wilde's poem, Ravina, won the Newdigate Prize. After graduating from Oxford, Wilde returned to Dublin and tried to reconnect with the former sweetheart, Florence, oh gosh, Florence Balcombe, she chose to marry Brahms. Stoker instead, and we know about Bram Stoker. He is the man who would later write Dracula. Okay, Oscar Wilde, it was interesting learning some things, some things that were new about you. Wow, wow, wow. I tell you, writers, writers have that mystique about them. You know, and it's so interesting when you read about a writer, when you read their bio, you're like, what? Because you see some things about them right up front, but there's so many layers that are hidden. And I don't think it's intentionally that they're hidden layers. It just happens because writers also tend to be private people. To a certain extent, they may seem flamboyant, when it comes to their artistry, because they're just going to tell it just the way it is, you know? It's all about sincerity. But then there's that side where, you know, you can leave us in a in a, in a on a mountain and in you know, in a in a small little cabin and we'll just have our art to entertain us. And we'll be all right. You can check on us at least once a month, make sure we're still breathing and kicking. (laughs) Artists, yes, can live as hermits. 
But we love nature and life so much. We're social butterflies more often than not. Even though we may be in that cocoon at times, you know, spinning around, creating wholesome artistry, we still want to be loved and we want to be connected with other people. We are communal creatures and, yes, creatures of habit. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you enjoyed tonight's show. Um, keep art alive. I know we often hear it said, keep hope alive. Keep art alive, meaning the, never stop the art flow. Never stop the flow of creativity within your soul. Keep it fluid. Why? Because the world needs it. Okay? I love you, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And you're going to hear Denise Williams' Black Butterfly as we end tonight's show. Black Butterfly. Oh, Black Butterfly.
On behalf of the Exceptional Scribble Show, I, Fran, the sage poet and host, bid everyone a pleasant evening tide, sweet dreams, and may the I am, the Almighty, the Creator, continue to give you the strength, the encouragement, and the peace to stand. Peace to all of my brothers and sisters still in the struggle. I speak peace to your soul, to all whom are political prisoners of war. I speak your freedom, draweth nigh, to all who are truly freedom fighters. I speak your redemption, draweth nigh. Peace and blessings. Have a good night, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.